Since 1995, Alabama's sports talk leader, Tiger Communications, proudly presents Sports Call. It's time to join our Sports Call crew as they discuss the latest headlines and happenings around Auburn and the entire sports world. To be part of the show, give us a call at 334-887-3401 locally or toll-free at 1-888-9-TIGER-9. We're taking phone calls all show long and want to talk about whatever you've got on your mind. And now, coming to you live from the loveliest village on the plains, Auburn's first and Auburn's favorite sports talk show, Sports Call. Good afternoon. Welcome into Sports Call on a dreary Tuesday in the Auburn Opelika area, but we're here to brighten your day. It is Sports Call, Tuesday edition of Sports Call. I am Brooks Childress, filling in for J.J. Jackson. He's got the t-shirt for the day. The t-shirt we're speaking of is... The Hanley Company Business T-shirt. He's got that uh, label for today. Ryan Lavoy also doing his company business stuff today. So it is myself, joined by Brant Daughtry and Javon Cutler in the studio today on this Tuesday afternoon. we got a great show for, coming up for you today. 334-887-341 locally. Toll free one 9 tiger 9 If you want to get in on all the fun later today throughout the show... We're going to have our birthdays in sports. We're also going to go over our new Player of the Week, the Player of the Week revealed today. And the then we will have the Nightly TV Guide brought to you by our friends over at Coca-Cola to round out the show today. So great, great day for you. Talking a lot of different things. Busy, busy sports world uh, around right now. You've got MLB free agency and NFL free agency continuing to roll on. You've got NCAA tournament getting underway tonight with the first two games and the first four in Dayton, Ohio. You've also got the NIT tournament tipping off tonight, and lots, lots more spring football, not to be forgotten. Also, kicking off on the Plains yesterday, Brian Harson met with the media yesterday evening. I'm sure we'll talk about some of his comments. Pro Day was today. We'll run, probably uh, get to some of those results from our the Auburn Tigers that worked out in front of NFL Scouts at the Auburn Athletic Complex today. And, of course, everything else you want to talk about in the sports world as we inch closer and closer to Auburn. In the NCAA tournament on Friday, taking on Jacksonville State at 11:20 a.m. on uh, one of the one of them True TV, I think, is whatever it is the the one channel that you find out you actually have on your uh, cable package this time of year. But I am Brooks Childress, joined in studio by Javon Cutler, Brant Daughtry. Javon, how are you doing on a Tuesday afternoon? Doing good, Brooks. Doing good, and yeah, like you mentioned, the weather is not the best outside. It's rainy and all that good stuff. But um, yeah, we're kicking it here in the Tiger Communication Studios and. You mentioned a bunch of sports going on. I know Monday, or a.k.a. yesterday, was a really hectic day in terms of sports. You had it feels like an avalanche of everything you could think of. Um, of course, the Braves news happened as far as the Matt Olson trade. You had um, beginning of March Madness talk. But like you mentioned, you've got games actually starting today. So you get to see some of those games. If you're interested to see, okay, who's going to play my team and who's going to advance, you get to w- find out in a couple hours. But, yeah, lots of stuff is going on in the sports world and um hey i'm just glad to be a part of the show today and be able to talk sports with you guys and we'll see what comes out of it but um but yeah auburn had their pro day today um indoors so got to see guys like smoke monday and roger mccreary um test out and get their measurements and all that good stuff but yeah lots of stuff going on in the world of sports auburn and national and global i guess as well but Looking forward to talking with you guys as well. 
Brant, how are you today? I'm doing well. It's uh, like you said, it's a rainy day, but I like the rain, so I'm not too stressed about it. We uh, we're in the middle of some uh, a very entertaining time in sports. Like you said, Javon Auburn's pro day going on today. You have a NFL, you have NFL free agency going on. You have MLB free agency going on, and a lot happening uh, just around the world of sports. And then obviously March Madness starts very very soon, and uh, really excited to get all that going. So no shortage of things to talk about today. Um, uh, and of course, here in Auburn, baseball and softball are uh, underway and not looking too bad or in the early goings of the season. So uh, a lot of topics of conversation should be a very fun show today. Yeah, one of our topics of conversation today was going to be that Auburn baseball team. They were supposed to play Kennesaw State tonight in their final non-conference game before conference play starts. Obviously, still some more non-conference midweek games throughout the rest of the year. But that game getting rained out tonight. So they will announce a makeup day for that shortly. Don't know what day that's going to be. But the Auburn Tigers do get an extra day off now as they get ready to welcome in this Thursday night at Plainsman Park the new, according to D1 Baseball, the new number one team in the country as of yesterday, the Ole Miss Rebels coming into Plainsman Park this weekend. Uh, And it's a big weekend uh, on both the Diamonds this weekend as Auburn Baseball, like I said, hosts the number one team in the the country, uh, the Ole Miss Rebels. And then on the softball Diamond, their game tomorrow at Kennesaw State also has already been postponed, rained out. And it will be uh, Saturday that they take on the South Carolina Gamecocks in the second series of the SEC, coming off a weekend sweep of the Texas A&M Aggies, one on Friday night, and then swept the doubleheader on Sunday. And they'll have a Saturday, Sunday, Monday series this weekend against South Carolina, so it should be a really, really fun games out there at Jane B. Moore Field. 334-887-341 locally, toll-free, 1-888-9-TIGER-9 is how you get on the Auburn Bank phone line to tell us everything that you want to talk about in the wide world of sports. It's been a busy few days here on the Plains. Uh, we get, all, Everyone's getting ready for Auburn basketball in the NCAA tournament. Also, Alabama basketball is in the NCAA tournament. They will play one of the winners of the first four games. They'll play either the winner of... They'll play the winner of Rutgers and Notre Dame. I believe that game is tomorrow night because Alabama will play Friday afternoon uh, for that one. So they will play the winner of Rutgers and Notre Dame. So they've got to wait to find out who they play. UAB opens up their uh, tournament schedule. Who does the UAB play in that first week? Play first game. Houston, I believe. Houston and UAB going at it. Four teams from the state of Alabama made it to the NCAA tournament. Two of them, uh, of course, facing each other on Friday morning at 1120, as we said a minute ago. Jacksonville State and Auburn go at it. And that's one of those 215 matchups that you, you kind of favor the two two spot, but over the past few years, it's been a... Uh, Kind of a kind of a toss up. The two the fifteen seeds gotten the best of a two seed uh, more often, well not more often than not, but it's, a few times it's, it's happened a few times in recent history. So the Auburn Tigers uh, can't take them lightly. Can't just count it in as they're going to the next round. Jacksonville State's a really good basketball team, even though they didn't win their conference tournament. They did win the regular season uh, in the Atlantic Sun. I wanted to say OVC, but they changed here recently. And uh, but yeah, a, a really really interesting Jacksonville State team face-off with the Auburn Tigers on Friday afternoon. As you mentioned, Javon, the Atlanta Braves continue to make moves. Yesterday, sign, uh, trading for Matt Olson. Today, signing him to an eight-year $160 million deal. 168 I think. $168 yeah. million dollar deal. Uh, so, extending him out. So, we'll not have to worry. The Braves won't have to go through anything like they did with Freddie Freeman this year uh, for the next eight years. it was He was under team control as of his current or his former contract was under team control until 2023 
So now with the extension, they have him for eight more years. As uh, we were talking about in the office, Ryan kind of put it, it takes him kind of to, toward the end of his career because he's in his you know late, what, early 30s right now or late 20s. I think Olsen is 27, turning 28 in a couple of weeks. So I'll get him to his mid-30s, which is, you know, getting toward the end of his career there. So the Braves have locked up their first baseman for a while, so you shouldn't have any problems with that. And then, of course, on the NFL side of things, a lot of headlines surrounding the Atlanta Falcons earlier today emerged that the Falcons could be a dark horse player in getting Deshaun Watson for – as their new quarterback, also re-signing uh, Young Way Koo earlier this afternoon. You guys are Falcons fans. What do y'all think about that? Uh, Young Way Koo is the best player in the NFL, so I'm 100% <laughs> down for the signing. But uh, yeah, Deshaun Watson, I was thinking about this earlier, Brooks. You and I uh, talked about it when I came in this morning. I think it was Brooks and I. But um, I, I'm kind of halfway in, halfway out. If it happens, I'll be in favor of it. Um Sending Matt Ryan to the Texans would be awful because Matt Ryan deserves better than that. But also, you get a young QB, you get a guy who's proven, and he clearly does not want to be in Houston anymore. So, wow, you would you would obviously love to have a guy who does not have the kind of red flags that uh, Deshaun Watson does. But with him being cleared in a criminal court, uh, it wouldn't be my favorite thing in the world. But it, from a football perspective, it makes a lot of sense. I mean, yeah, for the Falcons, it'd be, a, of course, a dream come true, I'd imagine, for Deshaun Watson because he's from Gainesville, Georgia, which is yep. like an hour-ish away from Atlanta. And he also was a um, ball boy for the Falcons in the late 2000s while he was quarterbacking at Gainesville High School. So for Deshaun, I'm sure it'd be a dream come true to come home and be an Atlanta Falcon. But the roster is not that good. I mean, that's just being honest. The roster for the Falcons is not good at all. They have... Absolutely no wide receivers of note. Um, of course, you have a stud tied in in Kyle Pitts, but it feels like that's about it for the Falcons. So it would definitely take a lot of movement and things like that to happen. A thought I've had in my head is the Falcons don't probably want to send Matt Ryan to the Texans, but what they could do is send Matt Ryan to the Colts. You get draft picks in return, bundle those draft picks, send the draft picks to the Texans, and then try to get Deshaun Watson. So I think that'd be kind of a win-win situation. Yeah, because that Matt, could absolutely happen. Because Matt Ryan could win with that roster that the Colts currently have. They have a really good defense, really good offense. All they need is a consistent quarterback, and Matt Ryan's been a winner in this league for almost 15 years now. So I think that's a possibility as far as a trade scenario. But um, for Deshaun Watson, it would definitely, of course, take some hurdles you have to get over still. Um with the cases, I know that criminally he's free, but still there's a lot of civil cases you have to yeah. deal with in that regard. So I don't know how the fan base would feel about that unless he's absolutely cleared of everything. And then it's like, all right, green Well, light. I mean, half of them still want Michael Vick back. So. Yeah, about to say. The fan base, for some reason, they yeah, they have this weird kind of hatred toward Matt Ryan, even though he is obviously the best quarterback in franchise history. I'll say Michael Vick's the most exciting quarterback absolutely in the franchise history, but Matt Ryan's the most successful quarterback in the franchise history so um but as much as i as much as i loved watching michael vick growing up like matt ryan is clearly the better quarterback so but it'd be interesting yeah it'd be interesting to see um if the falcons are able to somehow pry deshaun watson away from the texans lots and lots of storylines going on in the world of sports we're going to get into all of those as we go on on the show 334-887-341 locally toll free one triple eight nine tiger nine it's how you get on the auburn bank phone line let's go ahead and take our first break of the afternoon we come, when we come back we hit your birthdays in sports and get to the phone lines right after this you're listening to sports call
DJ Jackson and the guys want to hear from you. Give them a call to join Sports Call at 334-887-3401. We're done paying the bills. Now back to Sports Call on Tiger 95.9. The Sports Call podcast can be found anywhere you get your podcast. Make sure you go back and listen to yesterday's episode if you missed it. Ryan LaVoy, Tom Peavy, Javon Cutler recapped a busy weekend in the sports world and included Selection Sunday in college basketball, Auburn baseball and softball action, and they chatted with Jason Caldwell from inside the Auburn Tigers. Make sure if you missed yesterday's show, you go back, catch up on everything you've missed on Sports Call. We've got some great, great content out there. 334-887-341. Oakley, toll free one 888 9 is how you get on the Auburn Make phone line. I am Brooks Childress. Filling in for J.J. Jackson today, he's handling company business. His company business, you may ask, Javon Cutler also joining me in the studio. Brant Daughtry stepped out for a second. He'll be back here in just a second. But the company business that J.J. is taking care of has to do with a very important thing that starts this weekend. We've been talking about a little bit of uh, some news from this team. The Atlanta Braves are back in action this weekend in spring training. They open up spring training on Friday versus the Minnesota Twins. I believe that's their first spring training game. But, of course, over the weekend, you can listen to Braves Baseball on our sister station, AM 1230 WAUD, all weekend spring training games. That Saturday and Sunday games will be broadcast from across the Braves radio network. They're not carrying the entirety of the, uh, the, the games. I believe if you're in the Atlanta area, you can listen to all the spring training games. But around here, weekend games, Saturday and Sunday, you get spring training baseball on our sister station at 1230 WAED. J.J. Jackson and our engineer Dan Gunter are finalizing those broadcasts as we speak in the WAED studio. So that's where J.J. is this afternoon. Getting you Braves baseball. Thank goodness it's back, Javon. <laughs> it's back. It's thank, back. Thank goodness. Minnesota Twins Friday afternoon is the first game for the Braves that you can follow along on you know social medias or whatever or however you follow it. And then Saturday spring training games on Saturday and Sunday is when you can hear the Braves on our sister station AM 1230 WAUD. Before we go anywhere else, before we get to our Auburn Bank phone line for the first time today, let's get to one of our favorite segments of the day. It's Birthdays in Sports. It's time for today's Birthdays in Sports. Birthdays in Sports on March 15th, 2022. Looking over the list here, we got a couple baseball birthdays. We got a few football birthdays and a basketball birthday. So let's dive right in. Turning 43 today is a former MLB infielder who played from 2004 to 2013 with the Boston Red Sox, Chicago White Sox, and the New York Yankees. He also played in Japan for the Tohoku Rakuten Golden Eagles. I hope I pronounced that right. Sure. Sorry to all the uh, JBL fans out there that I've insulted. Kevin Euclid is turning 43 today. Three-time All-Star, 2007 World Series champion, 2007 Gold Glove Award winner. He played college baseball at Cincinnati go Bearcats was drafted in the eighth round of the 2001 MLB draft his career finished his career with a 281 batting average along with 150 home runs 618 RBIs I said this earlier when I realized it was his birthday in the studio area in our in around the office my one of my favorite batting stances of all time it's a weird batting stance the way he held the bat and it was just it he, was weird he put his he held it if you've never watched it, I suggest going to YouTube and looking up Kevin Euclid's batting he put his left hand 
in front of his right hand. His right hand stayed on the uh, the handle of the bat. Left hand went kind of on the barrel, and he kind of motioned it back and forth in the air. And then with the pitch, he'd pull his hand down and put it on below, you know, get in the batting stance and then swing. It was so weird, so funky. Loved that batting stance. Turning 43 is Kevin Euclid. Turning 63 today is a former MLB DH and right fielder who played from 1980 until 2001 with the White Sox, the Rangers, the Athletics, the Orioles, and the Indians, Harold Baines. He's turning 63 today. This is six-time All-Star, 1989 Silver Slugger Award winner, 2005 World Series champion while with the Chicago White Sox. He's also a 2019 inductee of the National Baseball Hall of Fame. Finished his career with a 289 batting average to go along with 384 home runs and 1,628 RBIs. Happy birthday, Harold Baines. Happy birthday. Turning 27 today is a free agent power forward in the uh, basketball world who played with the Milwaukee Bucks, Chicago Bulls, Washington Wizards, Atlanta Hawks, Sacramento Kings, and the Boston Celtics. Jabari Parker is turning 27 today. He was a 2014 consensus first-team All-American while at Duke. Uh, 2014 ACC Rookie of the Year, second overall pick of 2014 NBA Draft. He attended high school at Simeon Career Academy, which is where Derrick Rose attended. His father, Sonny, played the NBA for six seasons. So Jabari Parker turning 27 years old. I didn't realize he was a free agent. Yeah, it's been a year or two, I think, since he's been in the league. Um, And it's a shame how his career started because I want to say he started off really well, but then he had an ACL injury in Milwaukee. Then I want to say he tore it again like a couple years later, and he just was never the same player. He was super athletic. Uh, I remember him briefly with the Hawks. He played okay, then they traded him away. But definitely Jabari Parker. Parker is one of those guys that you would say, like, what could have been with his career. Um, so you'd probably label him as a bust, I would say. He could still play. He's only, yeah, 27 years old. But at this point of his career, he's definitely a guy that you would just have as an end-of-the-bench type person or somebody that you're just going to look for perhaps veteran leadership. But, man, when he was healthy, he was such an athletic talent, man. I didn't think he was that young. I thought Jabari Parker was a lot older than just 27. That's, yeah. That's shocking to me. Again, I was just shocked he was a, he was a free agent. Free I thought agent. he was on someone's roster. <laughs> I'll be 100% honest. I thought he was still in Milwaukee. <laughs> <laughs> Turning 66 today in the NFL world is a former NFL linebacker who played from 1978 until 1996 with the Cleveland Browns and the Atlanta Falcons, Clay Matthews Jr. Four-time Pro Bowler, 1984 second-team All-Pro, played college football at USC, fight on. 12th overall pick in the 1978 NFL Draft, his son Clay III is an all-pro linebacker, and his brother Bruce is a Hall of Fame offensive lineman. Clay Matthews Jr., turning 66 years old. How about that family? Yeah, but it's like a football royal, royalty, I should say, because yeah, you have Clay Matthews Jr., Clay Matthews III played a long time for the Packers, or Bruce Matthews, and uh, for Falcons fans, Jake Matthews is part of that family as well, so a bunch of football players come out of that gene pool right there. And then finally, turning 29 today as a quarterback for the Washington Commanders. He has also played for the Minnesota Vikings, Houston Texans, Carolina Panthers, and the St. Louis Battlehawks of the XFL, Taylor Heineke. He's turning 29 years old today. Heineke? Heineke? Heineke, Heineke, yeah. Heineke. Heineke. Sure. 2012 Walter Payton. You watch the NFL. I do. I don't know why I said Heineke. It's Heineke. Like like the beverage. (laughs) 2012 Walter Payton Award winner for the most outstanding football player in the FCS while at Old Dominion. Go Monarchs, a two-time FCS All-American. He went undrafted in the 2015 NFL Draft. Taylor Heineke, turning 29 years old. Almost beat Tom Brady a couple years ago. Didn't. Tom Brady went on to win the Super Bowl that year with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. 
but Taylor Heineke turning 29 years old today. He is just a little spark plug. I mean, he's like, yeah. He, I don't know how tall he actually is, but he looks like he's about five foot eight, <laughs> and just runs all over people. Is he's a better quarterback than you think he would be? Right. Like House, I don't, I, I don't know how to describe him because he's like you watch him play and you're like, oh, this dude's good. This dude's got something, but he's also never been a successful quarterback, <laughs> so you, you just don't know. So birthdays in sports today, Kevin Euclid, Harold Baines, Jabari Parker, Clay Matthews Jr., and Taylor Heineke. Happy birthday to them. And of course, if it's your birthday in the sports world, happy birthday to you. Happy birthday. 334-887-3411-888-9-TIGER-9 is how to get on the Auburn Bank phone line. Let's not delay that anymore then before we head to our next break here in just a little bit. Let's head to the Auburn Bank phone line. All of our sports call callers and guests join us on that Auburn Bank phone line. Auburn Bank has been your hometown bank for over 110 years. Visit them online at auburnbank.com for more information. Your partner, your neighbor, your friend, member FDIC equal housing lender. We start off today's Auburn Bank phone line in Columbus, Georgia, as we head. Daryl from Columbus joins us. Daryl, how are you doing this afternoon? Pretty good, man. I'm actually in Auburn, but uh, you know, I met one of you guys. I think at Fat Daddy. Told him I told him I'd call you, call in. You want me to call in? And uh, I'd figure I'd give you guys a call, see how everything was going. Well, I'm sure you. If you met him at Fat Daddy's, it was probably Mr. Tom Peavy. That's right. We actually, yep, yep. That's who it was. You have a poo terminator on Tuesday nights. So I'll be there tonight for that. But um, yeah, that's where I met him at exactly. Oh, by the way, um, sixty. Uh, happy birthday! They're actually they're sixty four days old. Is the uh, the national champion Georgia Bulldogs in football? Wow. You know, they, is a, yeah. yeah. Hey, I got a question for you guys. Absolutely. Man. Okay. Ever since um, we go back to since Tuberville left, or I think die, always had like six head coaches. Um, if you look around the league, you, you saw okay LSU got Brian Kelly. All right, uh, that's who they wanted. Georgia was able to hire Kirby Smart. That's who they wanted. Uh, Florida Napier, I think, was on Auburn's list, but he ended, he ended up signing Florida. That's who they wanted. Going, why is it, in y'all's opinion, such a struggle? I mean, Auburn's a great university. They play in the best conference. They got a great fan base. Why is it so hard for them to land the guy they want to land as, for the head coach of the football team? I, I don't understand. I mean, it's just it, I, I can't put it. You know, it makes no sense to me. I mean, you got everything right here to land a big time coach, and it's just has always seemed to be a struggle to land the, the you know the first choice. Why, why do you guys – what's your take on that? I would argue that Auburn has landed the guy they wanted a, at least a couple of times. I mean, uh, everybody wanted Gus Malzahn back in 2013, and Auburn ended up signing him, and he had a lot of success very early in that Auburn career. Um, I, I think Brian Harson is who, if not everybody, then it's who the um, the athletic director wanted. Who's Alan Green. It's who Alan Green wanted. Uh, Tommy Tuberville had a couple of great years here. Um, it's if, if you're – if you disagree, tell me why. Oh, I'm just I'm thinking, you know, big time head coach. You know what I mean? I mean, you're there, now uh, um, this guy they got now, Harson, he wasn't their first choice, though, right? And what I understood, I mean, he was on down the line, um, like maybe the fourth or fifth choice, something like that. I think if you if you dive far enough in to anybody's coaching search. Uh, if you're right there in the middle of it, I don't think everybody gets their number one pick. Now, I do think a lot of play, a lot of teams get who you know ultimately like they get a like you, what you're I think you're referring to as a splash hire. I think you know uh, like you said Brian Kelly at LSU is a big splash hire. Uh, Billy Napier, 
Uh, I would say it. You know, he's a splash hire. Uh, Kirby Smart getting uh, Georgia getting Kirby Smart was a big splash hire. Alabama, if you remember, you know, back in a, a couple years, or I say a couple years ago, it's been you know over a decade now. Uh, when Alabama got Nick Saban, their first choice was Rich Rodriguez when they were looking for to fill that role. And when he didn't right. come, then they got Nick Saban. So I, I think that it's more more so that you know when you're closer connected to a a university. Uh, you know, lower in that area, you hear more of you know the pl- people. I mean, you hear more of the rumors that go around of who you could get. But I, you know, you look at it, and there has been a lot of uh, you know big splash hire names that have been connected to Auburn head coaching positions uh, when it's come open in the past few years. Um, I don't, you know, you never know ac- exactly how many of those are true, how many of those you know are just you know people trying to stir things up. Uh, but I, I think it is. It does say something that you know. Not, not a lot of you know Auburn has not sniffed the big the big time hires here recently. They, they went and got you know Brian Harson. He may have been like you said, Brent. He may have been uh, you know uh, Alan Green's first choice of who he wanted. But I you know from everything that we've heard, and again you know rumors could be rumors and everything. You never know exactly what what is one hundred percent true. It sounded like it was Kevin Steele's job right after Gus Malzahn was let go, and that seemed to be a lot of people's first choice. It may not have been Alan Green's first choice, but he you know there there was a lot of outcry after it was uh, that was said. But I think that overall, I think everyone kind of goes through when they're looking for a head coach. Everyone kind of you know it, it takes a while to get a longer than what a lot of fans would want to get a head coach and there's rumors that swirls like oh this guy's coming and this guy's coming but I, I do think you you've got a point Auburn doesn't really have splash hires here and I think it's it, it's I, I don't know it, I would argue that Gus Malzahn was a splash hire at the time at, I mean yeah I, I guess you would I guess you would be like, but Gene but since Tuberville Gene Chizik was not a splash hire no the Auburn fans hated the Gene Chizik hire um, Gus Malzahn. And he won him a national championship. He did. Exactly. He did, and that proved him wrong. But that, well, right? Cam, Cam Newton oh, won Cam the national. Yeah. Anyway. Cam Newton and Gus Malzahn. And then Brian Harson was, you know, kind of this out of nowhere hire. Once uh, they, you know, all the dust settled, and they they did hire Brian Harson. It was kind of an out of nowhere hire. There was Brian Harson was not a you know thought about name in the college football world that was you know high commodity like like a Billy Napier or. And you know, you you look at the the uh, you know the Brian Kelly. No one knew Brian Kelly was going to LSU until it happened, and then it's like boom, welcome to welcome to LSU. No one knew Lincoln Riley was going to USC this year, and then boom, he's at USC. I I don't know what the what what it is. I think Auburn does yeah. its fair share of getting good coaches, but I I think that it there's I from what you hear, I think there's a lot of different parties pulling in different directions when it comes to hiring coaches at Auburn that could kind of get the muddy up the water a little bit. I think another reason for it is uh, Auburn is smack dab in the middle of the hardest conference in the in the world or in in college football. I mean, you've got Alabama that's also in the state. You've got Georgia on the other side of you. You've got three Florida schools to the south of you that are pretty big. Uh, Clemson is not too far away. So you're smack dab in the middle of a lot of college football powerhouses where guys who are great coaches can go to another school that isn't as difficult. You saw Lincoln Riley running from the SEC, and I, I don't think anything less of him for it, but that's 100% what he's doing. He's running from the SEC West uh, to go to oh, USC. Absolutely. So I think I think that's another part of it. Well, wait a minute now. Let's, I know all this SEC West stuff. I mean, you know. I mean, and you have to play Georgia every year. People think the SEC West is so much better than the SEC East. It is, and I would have to. You take Alabama out of the West, and it's probably pretty even, I would think. But uh, you know, I mean, 
you know, I don't know. Okay, I mean, then let's the take East. Georgia out of the East if we're comparing that way. Well, right now, yeah, you take Georgia out of the East, Florida's struggling. Tennessee could, could be on the up and up. South Carolina, I think it's going to be better uh, with, their, with the guy they got. But, um, you know, I mean, LSU's been down for a little bit. And Auburn has basically been down, too. I mean, you know, they here, here, you got to be able to recruit, right? I mean, that's yep. how you win in college football this day and time. you got to go out and you've got to land these big-time athletes. If you don't sign these five stars, it's going to be hard to, to beat the Alabamas and the Georgias and, and, and the Ohio States and the guys because they're landing them. But i got one more question for you guys. All right. I want you all to answer this for me. All right. Uh, speaking of coaches, all right, I saw Mike Bobo at Georgia as an offensive coordinator when he was there under Marie. They, I mean, broke every um, bulldog record as far as the offensive categories, as far as teams. I mean, just, just shattered them. And then he was in Auburn for only one year and was out. What was up with that? I mean, that was I just found that very surprising because Bobo has. I mean, I know Bobo's good. I mean, he's he's been proven proven that he's good as offensive coordinator. Was that just something that just who knows or, or what? What's y'all's take on that? I think there were a couple of factors. I don't think Harson and uh, Bobo agreed on a ton of things. I think he made the the uh, the Bobo hire because he wanted a guy who, like you said, was proven in the SEC, who was also a quarterback guy, had a lot of experience in this area, and that fit Mike Bobo to a T. I think there are some disagreements. Also, I think that when Mike Bobo broke all those records, that was in a much earlier place in time. Uh, the book on Mike Bobo is out just a little bit, um, and I think that his offense became easier to adjust to as people recognized his tendencies. And uh, I think the same thing can be said for Gus Malzahn. I think they're two very different coaches, but uh, I think the book's just kind of out on him and it just wasn't working as well. And Harson wanted to go back to his own guys. I tell you, I tell you what, I hope everything works out for Brian Harson. I hope he gets the, the opportunity. I mean, obviously he's got the opportunity, but I hope, you know, everybody stands behind him because I think he can, you know, he's got to, he's trying to change the culture there a little bit. And I'm, you know, I like what I have seen in the guy so far. From the people I talk to, who's got seen the tickets, they like the guy. Um, and um, you know, only to you got to win. I mean, that's, that's yep. what keeps your job. But um, I got one more thing for you guys before I get out of here. All I right. want you guys to know, that I watch the Iron Bowl every reason for one for I mean, every year for one reason and one reason only. You know what that is? What is that? Because I know one of them has to lose. <laughs> Go dogs. See ya. <laughs> Thank you so much. That was Daryl from Columbus joining us on the Auburn Bank phone line. 334-887-341 locally, toll free, one 888 9 If you want to get on the Auburn Bank phone line, we'll be happy to have you. Right after this break, you're listening to Sports Call. Sports Call has been on the air since 1995. I'm Jeff Whitaker Jr., former Auburn Tigers defensive tackle and national champion, and you are listening to Sports Call on Tiger 95.9. Sports Call podcast can be found anywhere you get your podcast. Make sure you go back and check up on yesterday's episode. As I said earlier, Ryan LaVoy, Tom Peavy, Javon Cutler recapped a busy weekend in the sports world. Included Selection Sunday, Auburn baseball and softball. And also yesterday chatted with 
Jason Caldwell from Inside the Auburn Tigers. Had a great chat with him yesterday. Make sure you go back and listen to that podcast in its entirety. If you missed it anywhere, you get your podcast. 334-887-341 locally. Toll free at one 888 9 It's how you get on the Auburn Bank phone line. I am Brooks Childress, joined by Brant Daughtry and Javon Cutler. Filling in for J.J. Jackson today. J.J. is getting our Braves Radio Network stuff set up on our sister station, AM 1230 WAED. The Braves get underway in spring training action across the Braves Radio Network this Saturday. Some great Braves spring training action. Finally, baseball is back, and we're so happy that it is. 334-887-341 locally, toll-free, 888 9 If you want to get on the Auburn Bank phone line, let's head back to the Auburn Bank phone line now. And I-Man has called in. I-Man, how are you doing this afternoon? Good afternoon, War Dam Eagle. War Eagle. Yeah, I just heard Daryl from Columbus. He's a pretty good friend of mine. He sent me your number. And I tell you, you, you know, the questions he posed, I thought were legitimate questions. Yeah. But I, I'm, I'm like y'all on this. I think Auburn has pretty much got the guy they wanted. Now, all this conversation about Steele, I think Steele found himself in the same position Brother Oliver did. There was dissension amongst the players between the offensive side, defensive side. And I, I, I just did not think Steele was going to be a good fit for the same reason Brother Oliver was. And that's why Alabama got rid of Brother Oliver, because he was meddling and created a, a problem at, at the school. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and I, I think Harson is the guy. And then you listen to all of the reporters that have, that have covered Auburn over the years. They will all tell you to a T, Auburn has a meddlesome problem from the people on the outside looking in constantly. There's two factions of people, and they won't hire a guy to leave him, leave him alone. And I think Harson is, is, is very capable of, uh, of taking this team to another level. If they, would, if they would give him the tools to work with, I think they have sabotaged him to no end. And I think that that, that group <clears throat> that's sitting out there looking, that they got their lip poked out. I think they're looking for any reason whatsoever to, to push him aside, and that, that'd be a crying shame. Because when you think about it, going back to Terry Bowden, he wasn't supposed to be as successful, but he inherited the best-paid college football team in the country from Pat Dye. And and then you look at what they've done to Tubville and, and everybody thereafter. And, and speaking about Gene Chizik, Gene Chizik uh, inherited uh, – everybody focuses on Cam Newton. He was a freak, no doubt. But Auburn had the best offensive line, bar none, in the country. Oh, yeah, for sure they did. Who was that? Yeah. Ryan, Ryan Pugh at center, Lee Zimba at left tackle? Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, they Couple were other guys. bar none. They had got that hurry-up-no-huddle down. And I tell you, Lee Zimba was a drive killer the previous year. <laughs> but I tell you what, that year that, that, that Newton showed up, and then they'd come along with Michael Dyer. I mean, they were, they were just pretty – they were an awesome football team. And, but it, I, I think – and, and give everybody credit, but I think that the offensive line does not get the credit that it deserves in that season. And the defense played well enough to separate the scoring, and there we are. I mean, you come back nine games that year and you win them. That, that's a that's pretty that's pretty badass football. And the problem they had, they didn't really have anything that they could put a lot of depth into during that season, and they lost a lot. Of, it was a pretty heavy graduated class. And it, 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 everybody left, and and then it was rebuild time, and because they just didn't have time to build that depth because of the of the situations with the games. But I believe Harson is the guy, and I think Harson is is doing exactly what all the other coaches that, that came in the first year 
go. You, you play with what you got in the toolbox. That's all you can do. <clears throat> and you figure out who wants to play and who doesn't want to play. Who needs to be entitled and who doesn't need to be entitled? Who deserves the entitlement? And, and I think he's just weeding it out and trying to build a team. And I'm, I'm perfectly happy with the hire. Didn't know anything about him. Didn't ever cross my mind. But when they hired him, and I, I didn't go Google everything. I'm not one of those kind of stalking people. But I, w- I was completely satisfied looking at his record at Boise State. Yeah, one of the uh, winningest coaches in college football at the time when he was hired. Uh, and, yeah, I, I totally agree. I think right now Brian Harson is is the guy for the job. It was one year. You know, anyone that's trying to push the panic button, it was one year. You still had some big wins uh, last year. You you played Penn State up, you know, a, a very good Penn State team. You played them down to the wire. You got you broke a, a decades-long streak uh, l- losing at LSU, and you broke that streak. And then you took Alabama to, what, three overtimes in yeah. the Iron Bowl, a team yeah. that went to the national title and had a chance to win that game. I, I think there's some good foundation laid. Uh, I think the biggest problem is going to be keeping coaches and getting a you know getting a solid foundation on the coaching staff. But I think now that Brian Harson has kind of settled in a little bit and got some of the guys that he really wants in there, and not trying to cater, it felt felt like he was trying to get guys last year that had some SEC experience. Exactly. Absolutely, exactly. And then and he, that's all that was. And then he realized that after the you know this past year, you 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 had a few guys leave. You had a few you know you got rid of a few guys. You get guys in there that's comfortable with your system and how you want to run things and now uh, i think that you're going to see over the next you know year or two you're going to see things start to turn around for brian harson and he's going to start to build a good program well i agree with you totally on the bobo thing i mean bobo is a well-traveled guy he's been all over the place yeah and not knocking him by any means he, he's probably right where he needs to be at georgia that's his home that's his mothership and and they will they will figure out what how to, how to incorporate him in that deal but I thought I thought that was exactly what the Mason and the Bobo hires were. Was SEC affiliated? The guy comes in, he doesn't have a clue where Slap Out Alabama is or Valdosta, Georgia, or anything. He doesn't know anything about the teams in the SEC. And you get Mason and and Bobo in, and they look around. And they say, "Well, this is what's going on." And and I think he got an opening experience, and I do think that he will be fine if they give him the tools to work with. And. Yeah. Uh, because Auburn is, is one of the top 15 schools in the country, bar none. I don't care what anybody says. If, if, if these were all uh, Fortune 500 companies, Auburn would be in the top 15 in the country, bar none. They're very, they're very successful business operations, and but they do have the meddling problem. And, uh, you, you know, had they in the Alabama game, and I'm not going to play the what-if game, but there was a call in the end zone that had it been called holding, it would have been a safety and Auburn wins that game. Now, was Alabama really prepared for Auburn? Did they overlook them? I don't know, but I do know this. They had to, you, you play who you play that day, and Auburn punched Alabama in the face. Yeah. I do think that Alabama was looking ahead to Georgia and figured they would come and out-athlete Auburn, but uh, they, they chose the wrong game to do it in, and it's unfortunate for Auburn that they didn't get that win, but, you know, that's the way the game is. And you get what you get on that day. Yeah, it, it, Auburn came into that game very, very motivated, wanted to make a statement, and I think they, you know, you can go down the stretch. It was a disappointing end of the season where you lost to Houston in the the Birmingham Bowl, and you, you know, you had the all the controversy with is Bo Nick staying? Is he leaving? All of that. I think it was a really sloppy end, and then of course you had the investigation earlier this year into the Brian Harson's program. But I think that that Iron Bowl showed you what 
the what Brian Harson and this team is capable of going forward. And I, I think that, like I said a minute ago, over the next year or two, you're going to see this Auburn team take strides in a very, very positive direction to Brian Harson. Let me ask you this. No right. disrespect to Bo Nix. You know, I got the feeling watching Bo the last couple of years that Bo was his own worst problem. Even during the season, they, they said that they, the coaching staff went to Bo and had to encourage him to, to uh, interact with his team, his, his teammates. And even in the game, they said, look at him. He's interacting with the teammates just like the coaches. Oh, it's working, it's working. I, I think Bo had some kind of a problem in his own head. I don't know if he was a very coachable kid. Uh, you know, he kind of reminded me a lot of Jalen Hurts in Alabama. He looked up, he made a decision, and his decision was to always run. And I just don't know that, that Bo ever gave the plays enough time to develop or he felt like he needed to do something. But uh, I wish him the best at Oregon. And, and no disrespect to him, but when I heard he was leaving, I mean, don't take this wrong, uh, but I was relieved. I didn't know what we were going to do as far as replacing him. I thought he's a great athlete, but I just didn't know if he was the quarterback for uh, for uh, Harson. What are y'all's thoughts? I, I think a lot of people share that same sentiment. I think you know, I think it was a very divided Auburn fan base between if they wanted Bo Nix to be quarterback and they didn't want Bo Nix to be quarterback. I do think that you know, you look at how he played in high school. He he did like to run around a lot. Uh, the Gus Malzahn offense, his first uh, little bit at Auburn, he he got to use his legs a little bit more than the Brian Harson offense. And then also, I think you went through you know a few years in college where he didn't have the most dependable offensive line. Yeah, that's, and and that kind of you know would, once you get into that situation, it kind of gets into your head a little bit where you see oh, a absolutely. little bit falter Anytime. and it, it, it can it can mess with you a little yeah, bit. I, I yeah, I I think it was. Bo Nix running was always a symptom of he may not have needed to, but he kind of expected he would have to because he. I mean, he never had a really good O line his entire career at Auburn. I think this past year was the best year he had, and still it wasn't that great. Um, I I see where you're coming from. I think Bo wanted to be the hero. He grew up an Auburn fan. He grew up envisioning making those plays, uh, and I think a part. Of, I think that's a part of how hard he pushed himself. Now, I think Bo's going to do similar things at Oregon, but I think it's more about how competitive he is. I think Bo, I think Bo, I think Bo is going to be a coachable person. His, his dad was his high school football coach, sons of coaches. And I'm speaking from experience here. Sons of coaches tend to be pretty coachable. And I, I don't know Patrick Nix, but I imagine that Bo's work ethic is not an issue. Uh, and, you know, I think Bo Nix is a good quarterback. I, I think the biggest issue was he kind of just, felt the weight of the world on his shoulders. Uh, there were points during the season where his wide receivers would drop 10 passes a game. Oh, absolutely. And, and the fan absolutely. base would blame him for throwing the ball too hard. <clears throat> you know, it, it would hit him in the hands and the fans would get mad at Bo. And it, frankly, if that was happening to me, I might want to leave too, um, <clears throat> as, as much as it pains me to say that. But I, I think... I think you're right. A separation and a start over is probably best for both parties in this case. And, and and then being at Oregon, uh, if he should if he should get the starting role out there, I mean they're not playing. You're you're not playing the defenses you're seeing in. Yeah, the you're in the Pac-12. Right. You're in the Pac-12 where there's two, maybe three good teams. Every team in the SEC will, has has some resemblance of defense, and even though you may be able to push them teams around and everybody else does, they will still come out and hit you in the face. Absolutely. Uh, one one thought on Malzahn that. Uh, 
what was it? I was thinking, oh, Malzahn. Uh, you know, for all the people that point at him and talk about the high school, you know, offenses and, and predictability and all those kind of things, it, when I was watching him, I understood he was simply running them to death. And and we heard Arkansas and 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 uh, what was it Billima and uh, Nick Saban making comments about you know the running you're going to kill people out there and that kind of thing. We saw what the offense or the defense looked like in the Florida State game. Auburn ran out of time in that game, and they they gave Florida State one more one more shot. But when you look at what's going on right now, this is where Malzahn really had a heavy duty thumbprint on the game of football today. He showed the big boys that they could play hurry up no huddle. Yeah. It forced Nick Saban to change his whole offensive line, defensive line philosophy. He got thinner, faster people. And when you're looking around all the schools now, and, and a lot of the high, high schools across the country were playing the hurry up, no huddle. But you've got all the big boys that are playing the hurry up, no huddle to some form and fashion, just kind of like Malzahn was doing. And, and maybe there was a few other coaches around the country doing it, but maybe not as high profile as Malzahn. And I think Malzahn does not get the credit he deserves for the effect he had on the game. And, and what he brought to the table was just as much, just as important as the wishbone, the power eye, all those kind of things. Absolutely. I agreed 100%. I mean, he literally wrote the book on the hurry-up-no-huddle offense. Uh, Gus Malzahn changed the game. The problem was when the game adjusted to him, he couldn't right. exactly change with it. And that's what ended up get, uh, leading to his firing at Auburn. <laughs> How, how much of that do you think was the issue with, with the controversy about still at Auburn on defense? Uh, man, honestly, I have no idea. Um, it, I could understand the defensive coordinator saying, you're three and out, you're putting my guys on the field. Oh, absolutely, I could time, too. If it's working, it's working. But the problem there again, if it's working, okay, so you got a six-minute drive. You're putting the defense back on the field. And... Uh, and I guess I could see it from a defensive point of view, but at the same time, you, when when you're out there scoring points, and and it seems to me the idea is to separate, force them guys to two scores. Once you get them two scores, then you're just matching, yeah. and uh, and you win the game. Hey guys, I enjoyed it. I appreciate taking the call. Thank you so much, I Man. Give us a call again sometime soon. All right, War Damn Eagle. War Eagle. That was I Man calling in on the Auburn Bank phone line three three four eight eight seven thirty four one locally toll free one triple eight nine Tiger nine. Said again on the Auburn Bank phone line as we are rounding out the first hour of our program here today. A lot of uh, we we mentioned it earlier. The football. Spring football kicking off yesterday. First practice on the Plains was yesterday. Pro Day was today. Already diving headfirst into a lot of football talk. Uh, and that, yeah, that's, baby. That's how it is in the Southeastern Conference. It's the best sport in the world. You get, uh, I believe, Alabama opened up la- late last yeah, week. Yeah, yeah. They, so. they started their uh, spring practices late last week. Auburn starting it this week after getting back from spring break uh, over the weekend. We'll, of course, have a lot of talking about Auburn football as we go on. Auburn basketball, of course, as well, getting ready to take to the court on Friday against Jacksonville State. Just got the news release a little bit ago. I'll read this out for uh, folks on the air in the Auburn area. If you want to head to Auburn Arena for the reverse Tiger Walk, it'll be tomorrow at 5 o'clock. The team will leave at 5.30 outside of Neville Arena at the scholarship entrance next to the Charles Barkley statue is the team send-off reverse Tiger Walk uh, that is the official release from Auburn Athletics. So if you want to head on out there tomorrow evening and send the Auburn men's basketball team to Greenville with a, a rousing 
what send off or whatever it is. Uh, reverse Tiger Walk. Yeah, Reverse Tiger Walk. Uh, tomorrow evening, 5 yep. o'clock at Neville Arena. That's going to take us to the end of the first hour of our program. We had some great phone calls, and on the other side of this break, we'll have more great phone calls. And, of course, during this break, we get to your Auburn Sports Today update with our good friend Brad Law of the Auburn Sports Network. I'm Brooks Childress. Across from me is Brent Daughtry and Javon Cutler, and we will all be right back after this. One hour of our show is in the books. We've got more to come. Stay tuned for another hour of Sports Call right after the break. Since 1995, Alabama's sports talk leader, Tiger Communications, proudly presents Sports Call. It's time to join our Sports Call crew as they discuss the latest headlines and happenings around Auburn and the entire sports world. To be part of the show, give us a call at 334-887-3401 locally or toll-free at 1-888-9-TIGER-9. We're taking phone calls all show long and want to talk about whatever you've got on your mind. And now, coming to you live from the loveliest village on the plains, Auburn's first and Auburn's favorite sports talk show, Sports Call. Second hour of Sports Call is starting right now on Tiger 95.9 on the Tiger Communications app and our website, thetiger.fm. I am Brooks Childress, joined by Brant Daughtry and Javon Cutler on this Tuesday edition of Sports Call, getting you through the week. NCAA tournament tips off tonight with two of the first four games in action on the networks of Turner Broadcasting. I think it's T- TBS or True TV tonight, or T and I think one of TBS. those. I yeah. think it's TBS is tonight. I think TBS has the first four, and then they've got the final four. How about that? TBS, hmm. I believe, has got the first four and the final four uh, for the streaming or for the uh, good the, for Ted. Ted, <laughs> my, my for, friend Ted. Good for Teddy. <laughs> oh, Teddy Turner. Uh, but yeah, two of the first four games tonight. We'll know two teams that are in the field of 64 out of the four the four teams that could continue to get in tonight. Following those two games, three three four eight eight seven thirty four one locally toll free one triple eight nine Tiger Nine. That's how you get on the Auburn Bank following. We have some great phone calls already today. Daryl from Columbus and I Man have called in. Great to have them on the program. We've got some more great phone calls coming up here. Want to pass this along? We were going to be previewing the Auburn versus Kennesaw State basketball game. Uh, let me want to try that again. Yeah, let me start over. We were going to be previewing the Auburn versus Kennesaw State baseball game that was supposed to take place at Plainsman Park tonight, but that game has gotten rained out, and they have announced. Or mentioned earlier, had not announced a makeup date since I've talked earlier. They have announced a makeup day. So Kennesaw State will host will face the Auburn Tigers at Plainson Park, 6 o'clock, first pitch on April the 20th. So if you've got tickets for tonight's game versus Kennesaw State, April the 20th, those tickets will be good for at Plainsman Park. So Auburn will take on Kennesaw State at Plainsman Park, April 20th, 6 o'clock. That's in the middle of conference play instead of before the conference season. Auburn baseball now gets set, though, 
an extra day off. They get ready for the number one team in the country, the Ole Miss Rebels, Thursday night, 6 o'clock on the SEC Network, also across the network of the Auburn Sports Network. You can hear that game. Big, big baseball weekend for the Auburn Tigers opening up conference play. Like I said, get on the Auburn Bank phone line to get your phone calls in. We'll be happy to talk to each and every one of you. So let's get ready to go back to the Auburn Bank phone line, and we'll take a trip now to Montgomery and our good friend... Montgomery. Nope. James from Montgomery. Joins us on the Auburn Bank phone line. James, how are you doing today? I'm good and War Eagle. War Eagle. War Eagle, buddy. <laughs> yeah, um, I'm just actually looking at the uh, tournament bracket, and who do you think is going to actually win the first round between uh, Gonzaga and um, uh, Georgia State? Georgia State. Yeah, who do, who do you think is going to come out of that uh, first round uh, between Gonzaga and Georgia State? Well, since only one six uh, one sixteen seed has ever beaten a one seed in in the entire history of the tournament, I would have to lean toward uh, Gonzaga getting the win over Georgia State in that one. As much as I am a big fan of the Georgia State Panthers, I don't see it happening for them. Yeah, it's not going to happen. Georgia State's going to unfortunately fall to Gonzaga, but it'd be Most great. likely. It'd be great, though, if Georgia State was able to pull off an upset. I know they had a bit of a miracle run a couple of years ago with uh, Ron Hunter there, but he's no longer there. But you never know. Stranger things might happen, but now nah, Gonzaga should take care of business. Yeah, because I think with Gonzaga, I think Gonzaga has a really good uh, team this year, and I've been looking at their season, you know, during the regular season and their postseason, so I think Gonzaga would actually beat Georgia State and move to the second round, and then in the second round, I'll probably see, like, you know, either either Florida or... Uh, Miami actually playing against Gonzaga like for the championship game, but I'm not quite sure on who I'm going to actually put in my bracket this year, uh, this this time around because I was just you know picking teams just to see who was going to win the championship, and then I had um, winning the whole thing. I had Auburn actually winning the championship. Then I cleared it out then I had Gonzaga to actually win uh, the championship then I cleared it out again and then I had uh, Miami to actually win the championship out of those three teams I think one would actually have to be Auburn with Bruce Pearl and I'll see them actually cutting down the nets this year as well so you, so you made three <laughs> different brackets already that's a wow James no 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 it's actually one huge bracket and I just you know just you know, trying to see who's you, gonna like who, who's gonna win the the uh, the tournament. You're working through some things. You're trying to see. You're trying to work through things. Different. Look at different matchups and see who you actually are gonna pick to win the tournament. Yes. All right. Yes. And, and so you, you've kind of settled on Gonzaga right now. Yes, I'm actually uh, going to be picking Gonzaga right now and seeing if they're going to win their first. Uh, their first round, but if they don't win it, then I'll still have to just keep them in and see if they're going to do a bounce back on the second round as well. Well, if they lost the first round, they wouldn't be able to yeah, come I'd back. Yeah, i say that it's just single elimination, James. Yeah, so if they get eliminated, then I could pick a different team yeah. and then put that that team that's been eliminated and then put that team instead of, like, for, you know, change it out for uh, Gonzaga because if Gonzaga gets eliminated then I could put somebody else in that in that spot as well. So your your top three right now is Auburn, Gonzaga, and Miami? Yes. Okay. Those are my those are my top three. And then I was just looking at because I always have like um I have like notifications coming from ESPN and did you notice that 
um, the number two seed has never won a national title since 2016. The number two seed in the in the NCAA has never won a national title in the tournament since 2016. Yeah, it's been a little bit since the two seeds made it at least to the final four. Uh, so that you know, you, you look at that trend. Auburn is a two seed this year. That would be that's not a good trend that Auburn uh, for the Auburn Tigers, but they'll be looking to uh, to buck that trend here. Also, Duke, Villanova, and uh, Kentucky also trying to uh, stop that streak for the for the two seeds. Yes, as well because with Duke and uh, Coach K, I think he's a really good coach for the Duke Blue Devils, and I and I probably see him actually winning. You know that that tournament but you know it was kind of hard to see them actually fall their last uh, regular season against North Carolina I think Duke should have beat North Carolina and I mean with Coach K's um, experience with that team for so many many years I think it's time for him to actually you know make that make that school or make that university actually win a tournament and actually cut down the nets as well because I think that would be a really good thing for um, the the um, the Duke Blue Devils uh, championship uh, season to actually win uh, a tournament this year. Yeah, it's been a few years since uh, Coach K and those Duke Blue Devils have won an NCAA tournament. Uh, of course, you know, this this is Coach K's last year. He's retiring after this season, but it's a tough bracket he's got to come out of. He's got to face uh, either Tom Izzo and that Michigan State team or Davidson in the second round, which those are two very, very tough teams. And you've got a potential matchup with the Texas Tech later on. That could be uh, problematic for them. And then, of course, one of your favorites, Gonzaga, is also on that side of the bracket. They could have to face Gonzaga coming out of that uh, that bracket. Yes, because I know with Gonzaga, I know Gonzaga actually won uh, the March Madness, I think, two years ago or three years ago. I'm not quite sure. I have to look at their uh, March Madness uh, record. And I think with Gonzaga, I think they're really going to look a really good team and probably seeing uh, Gonzaga and Duke actually playing for the for the uh, championship as well. Well, but well, they're on mm-hmm. the same. They're in the same bracket, so they would uh, they would have to be playing for the regional championship to get the rights to go to the final four. So they can't play each other in the national title. Yeah. So they Yeah. Uh, I meant the the uh, regional championship. I meant. Uh, but I think with that, I, I would have to see Duke uh, actually, you know, fall back and see if Gonzaga moves up and play in the uh, championship as well because I think with Duke, uh, they're really they have a really good, uh, strong offense and a and a strong defense. But with Gonzaga and uh, Timmy, I think Timmy is really going to look. Uh, very good when I actually see them play uh, this coming up week as well. Yeah, Drew Timmy's been a really, really good player for them all year. Also, Chet Holmgren has been a really, really good player for Gonzaga this year. And it, it, listen, they've uh, Gonzaga's never won a national title, and Mark Few's been really, really close in the last few years with that Gonzaga team. Mm-hmm. So, uh, this a lot of people think this could be the year. If the if, but then again, a lot of people said last year if this last year wasn't the year to win it all, I don't know if they ever will, but. This year, everyone's kind of saying the same thing. It's like this is this is kind of their year to do it. So Gonzaga, one of the big favorites to win the old, the whole tournament. What else you got for us today, James? Well, I've been hearing a lot about Deshaun Watson getting traded, and actually, he was talking later earlier today with the uh, Cleveland Browns, and I think that would be a really good fit for him for Deshaun Watson to actually play with um, Baker Mayfield and the Cleveland Browns, and I'll probably see him actually playing with them real soon. 
Cone and seeing if they're going to, you know, put him with that team as well. And then with the Atlanta Falcons, I'll just have to say that will be a big no because I think, you know, I know he's a, I know uh, Deshaun Watson, I know he's a Georgia native. And he actually, um, you know, he was actually, uh, I think he was like a, a ball handler for the uh, Atlanta Falcons when he was uh, in his young years as well. Yeah, he, he was a ball boy during uh, for the Atlanta Falcons when he was little. Yeah, so I think with that being said, I think he might go out to play with, like, the Cleveland Browns, the Detroit Lions, or um, or – the uh, New York, uh, the the New Orleans Saints, just to name a few teams as well. Yeah, I mean, if he goes to Cleveland, uh, I think that they Cleveland would be moving off of Baker Mayfield. He probably would be that uh, the trade piece there that they would trade to Houston to get Deshaun Watson. Uh, so mm-hmm. I don't think he'd play with Baker Mayfield, but it'd be interesting to see him in Cleveland with that offense and that that roster that they've got there. I think the Detroit Lions are settled on their uh, quarterback. I think Jared Goff is their guy for right now. And then, like you said, the New Orleans Saints are making a really really big push. The Carolina Panthers are also making a really big push. The Atlanta Falcons, like you said, uh, you're you're not as big a fan of that. Uh, that scenario but uh they've come out as a dark horse team to land deshaun watson so there's a few teams out there that are trying to get uh get his services now that he's been cleared by the uh the court of law yes as well because with that uh allegations i've seen on friday i mean that was kind of i mean what he did was wrong and he knew what he did was wrong and that was unacceptable for him to actually sit there and do something like that to actually um do something in that in that nature to see a great quarterback for any NFL football team to actually do something like that and just be charged with nothing, with no evidence being uh, set on the table for any specific reason as well. Yeah, it's uh, it, it's always a fluid situation. That, that's what you're going to have to look at if you're a team that's trying to uh, trade for him about some of the uh, – some of the lawsuits that are still facing them in, in the uh the civil court but no no criminal charges or anything coming against Deshaun watson so he should be cleared to play football here very very soon what else you got for us today james well i'm actually going to be seeing what the auburn um men's baseball team is actually going to be doing in april and seeing if we're going to beat um if we're actually going to go to the college world series this year i think we're really going to look good this year and under uh bruce uh, uh butch thompson's uh year at auburn as well because i i really uh seen some great games and not so good games so i think with uh butch thompson being a great head coach for the men's baseball team, I think I'll probably see them uh, playing real soon in the College World Series this year. Yeah, hoping to make a run back at the College World Series. They went uh, back in 2019, hoping to get back this year. Uh, got a tough schedule out of them, though. Like I said uh, earlier in the show, they open up against the number one team in the country, the Ole Miss Rebels, in conference play this weekend. Then you go on the road mm-hmm. to Texas A&M, and then you... Uh, another road game at the number seven LSU Tigers, and then you host the number two Vanderbilt Commodores, and then visit the number three Mississippi State Bulldogs. So a lot of ranked teams on your schedule, and then of course later on in the season you still got to face the number sixteen Tennessee Volunteers, and the number four Arkansas Razorbacks. So a really really tough schedule ahead of uh, Butch Thompson, the Auburn Tigers, but they've gotten off to a, a pretty good start. Uh, unfortunately, unfortunate that they dropped two out of three this weekend to Middle Tennessee, but still sitting at thirteen and four on the year uh, for their overall record as they get ready for the number one team in the country in the Ole Miss Rebels. 
All right. Well, it was really nice talking to you all guys and War Eagle. War Eagle, James. That was James from Montgomery calling us on the Auburn Bank phone line. 334-887-341 locally. Toll free one 888 9 is how you get on the Auburn Bank phone line. We'll have more sports call right after this break. More of your phone calls right under this. have your attention please ladies and gentlemen can i please have your attention we're auburn's first and auburn's favorite sports talk show Hi, my name is my name is my name is sports call on tiger 95.9 let's get back to sports call on tiger 95.9 feel free to give us a call at 334-887-3401 or toll-free at one 9 tiger 9 Sports Call Podcast can be found anywhere you get your podcast. Make sure you go back and listen to anything you missed on the show. We've had some great callers today. Yesterday, the guys talked to Jason Caldwell from Inside the Auburn Tigers. They chatted about everything that happened in the busy world of Auburn athletics, including Auburn basketball, as they get set for the NCAA tournament on Friday against in-state foe, the Jacksonville State Gamecocks. Make sure you go listen to that anywhere you get your podcasts. Great conversation yesterday. I'm Brooks Childress, joined in studio by Brant Daughtry and Javon Cutler, 334-887-341 locally, toll-free, 1-888-9-TIGER-9. As we roll along on a Tuesday edition of Sports Call, let's head back to the Auburn Bank phone line, and we're joined by... Ward Dam Steve. Retired Ward Dam Steve joins us on the Auburn Bank phone line. Steve, how are you doing this afternoon? Good, thank you very much. It's uh, warm down here and uh, partly sunny, um, so... Good afternoon to not only you, Mr. Brent Childress, um, Brooks Childress, but to also Mr. Brent Daugherty and Mr. Javon Cutler, right? That's right. Yep, that's right, Steve. Okay, the three amigos, taking care of business. That's right. Uh, before I go any further, I want to give a more damn ego shout-out to Mr. Uh, Matt from Auburn yesterday. I overlooked uh, him uh, calling me out for that, so uh, I just want to turn back uh, the uh, uh, shout-out back to him. Uh, Jason Caldwell's conversation was really... Uh, uh, interesting. I always love reading his uh, columns, and uh, I enjoyed uh, listening to uh, the insights uh, from uh, Iron Man uh, today about uh, Bo Nix and uh, Harson. And for right now, you know, my coach I'm pulling for, and I agree with uh, the uh, comments uh, Coach Harson made apparently yesterday uh, regarding that uh, this is not Auburn versus Auburn, but rather uh, about everyone pulling together in the same direction. I hope you can get that done. That's right. Uh, 
I, I can't imagine he would not want to uh, remain and succeed in, in that effort. All right, guys, you know what today is, right? No, what is it? Beware the March of Ides. Oh, yeah, the Ides of March. The Ides of March, yes. Uh, the history behind that, guys, is that Julius Caesar was in, uh, let, me see, let me get this up here, was a uh, actually uh, assassinated or, or actually re- or murdered by his own friends. Yeah. At that time. Uh, it happened in uh, 46 B.C., I believe. Yeah, 44 B.C., I'm sorry. But the uh, originally, it was not an ominous time uh, in Roman uh, times. It was actually the start of their new year. But Julius Caesar pissed off everybody, apparently, and said, no, he's going to make it January, uh, the beginning of January, to be the new year. So that didn't go well, people. All right, moving on, guys. A really important event in sports uh, occurred on this day in 1869. What was that? Well, the first professional baseball team became organized. Oh. And what was the name of that team, guys? Uh, was it a Boston team? I'd guess either Boston or Cincinnati, probably. There you go. The Cincinnati Red Stocking. Wow. Hmm. Yeah. Uh, apparently, according to the History Channel, uh, the club, uh, well, the organization became a uh, professional team after the National Association of Baseball Players, which had previously banned payment of players, allowed uh, the professionalism of the baseball game. So I did not know that. I don't know if you guys were aware of that. No, was not aware that it was uh, today was that day. And they finished the first season with a 57-0 record. Wow, that's impressive. Yeah, that uh, that's wild. And the originators uh, were actually brothers. Uh, one guy's name, the last name uh, was well, was Wright, and uh, the other guy's uh, brother's name was George. He made apparently the highest salary at that time, fourteen hundred dollars. Wow. <laughs> yeah. He was actually the very first person, George was, to be installed in the Baseball Hall of Fame okay. in 1937. All right. So if you didn't know it then, now you know it. That's right. All right. Well, let's move on, guys. Uh, I have been making out my bracket. I'm only making one. Okay. I'm not going around and making 54, 68, whatever people are doing. All right. So I only picked Auburn to win. However, if we were to win the tournament, guys, we would be making... Uh, two historical, uh, I guess, uh, events. One would be would be the first time, obviously, that in Auburn program history we'd won the NCAA tournament. Yeah. What would be the other historical event that Auburn would also be noted for and never be forgotten? Also, Auburn would be noted for and never be forgotten. Um, mm. I would say you, it's first time Auburn would have won it. Um. I'm it just it. throwing out a guess. I have no idea if this is right, but like first time a team from the SEC other than Kentucky has won it? Nope, not quite. I'm going to say, I think Arkansas has won one. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, I mean, this mm. would be a Hall of Fame uh, oh. historical uh, record. I'm, I'm going to go out on a limb. It, it's not that it would be the first two seed to ever win it, would it? Nope. Okay. Javon, you got a guess? Oh, I think I might know this, actually. I think I might have seen this tweet. I don't know if this is right, but I it's some weird tidbit where it's like, no coach has won the national championship that has had a beard. No, I didn't know that one. No, wow. that's not what I'm going for. Okay, It'd be pretty that, funny, though. That would be good. I'd, I'd like to... Well, anyway, here it is, guys. This is, this is the statistic that stands in the way of Auburn 
winning the NCAA tournament. All right. No team has ever lost in the quarterfinals of their conference tournament and went on to win the national championship. Ah. Oh. And that is Auburn's. That is Auburn's. Uh, unfortunately, uh, Cornish article doom. Uh, if they were to to win it, they would then undo that that curse. How about that? Now, I'm in what favor. I'd like to find out, guys. Uh, you know, if you ever have a time, I were to look at what might explain that that, that kind of you know uh, just unique kind of attribute or you know. Uh, kind of, you know, uh, correlation that no team that has ever lost the quarterfinals of their conference tournament has gone on to win the national championship. Why would that be, guys? I would figure, just off the top of my head, just thinking about it, uh, just, you know, just thinking about first reaction to it, is that, you know, when you get to the quarterfinals, you go up against, if you're a team that's made it to the quarterfinals, more often than not, the bigger teams are waiting for you there, like the, the one, two, three, and four seeds of the tournament are waiting for you there after having a few days off. And so, if you're typically, I would guess the teams that are losing in the quarterfinals are going to be the lower ranked teams in your, in, in your conference. And so, if they, you know, were to make the NCAA tournament, and then that that's where you kind of, you know, you would fall out there because you're not as high rated as some of the other teams. Auburn is the opposite of that. They were the one seed exactly. in the in that turn in the SEC tournament and fell. So I think that you know you look at it, and I, I think that that could be a reason that Auburn uh, changes the trend there. If they win the national title, it's because you know typically if you get to the quarterfinals, it's the lower seeded teams that are losing to the higher seeded teams that have been waiting for them there. Right, and uh, you guys may see different, but you know really there is no reasonable, plausible you know explanation for Auburn having to lost. A&M. Yeah, they were a hot trend A&M was, but, you know, we came from a 20-point deficit and uh, almost uh, made, made it, uh, you know, to the point we could have maybe even uh, won the game, but uh, that, that was inexcusable. All right, guys, uh, I caught a, a clip of Jabari Smith being interviewed, and you may have already seen it, by uh, a uh, ESPN, um, I guess she's a sports analyst, a sports journalist. Uh, her name is Hannah Storm. Did you have you had have you happened to see it? Yeah, uh, uh, she sport uh, one of the hosts of Sports Center. Okay, uh, I thought it was really a neat, uh, good interview uh, with them. So if you haven't seen it, I'd recommend uh, yeah, just go to YouTube and it's uh, available on there. And I did know that Jabari Smith apparently has a line of clothing. Have you seen that? I did not. Yeah, it has this, uh, a picture of him. He's uh, these a bunch of T-shirts. How about that? Um, different colors and orange. And has pictures of Jabari Smith. Um, Yes, uh, pretty neat looking. Uh, I don't know what they're selling for. But anyway, moving on, guys. I've been perusing to see, does anybody give Auburn any uh, any respect, any chance of uh, going even to the Final Four? And I found some people who actually think that's uh, realistic. Uh, and I'll go down the list. Right. I've already seen them. Uh, a person from CBS Sports HQ, I saw that video. Uh, his name is uh, Matt Norlander. Are you familiar with his name? Uh, I'm, I'm be honest. I don't watch a lot of uh, CBS Sports HQ. That's kind of the CBS Sports version of Sports Center. But uh, I, I think I've heard the name before. Okay. Well, anyway, I don't know if he's a sports, you know, analyst. But uh, they had him on there, and he says the lock of the uh, going to the lead eight uh, is Auburn for him. Okay. So I thought that was pretty interesting. And then I went and saw the NCAA uh, predictions for. Uh, from uh, Sports Illustrated. Have you seen at their website their predictions? No. What are they? 
Okay. Well, there were seven other people that made their predictions. And four out of seven actually picked Auburn to go to the Final Four. All right. So you may want to check that out, but it's available uh, on SI.com. Of course, the first person that comes up is Pat Ford. Is he just anti-Auburn? As a, as a matter of fact, Pat Forty, uh, he's he's a writer for AL.com who is I don't know what his issue with Auburn is. I don't think he likes Bruce Pearl. I think it's more that I think it's more he doesn't like Bruce Pearl than he dislikes Auburn. But I, I don't pay much attention to what Pat Forty does. I mean, he has his losing uh, to Miami, and most other uh, prediction uh, websites have us uh, beating uh, Miami or USC. So I thought that was interesting. But, uh, there's seven. Uh, pickers, uh, four out of seven picked Auburn to go to the Final Four. Okay. So I thought that was pretty interesting. All right. And uh, moving on, guys, I found another uh, prediction. And this is, um... oh, yeah, um, NBC's Peacock Channel. Have you seen their prediction? Have not. Have not yet. Well, they have a tweet. You can go and see it. It says, Auburn, you're all in. And they picked us to go, I picked to go all the way. How about that? From uh, NBC Peacock TV to go all the way. How about that? So I'm not the only crazy uh, person there. Hey, I have Auburn winning. I have Auburn winning in my bracket, and I mean, it's it is uh, that's more with my heart than with my head. But I think there's a, a very a very real case to be made that Auburn could go all the way. All right, then Vegas Insider guys. I don't know if you go on their website. They have the teams that they said. Uh, be wary because they, they call them contenders to fade. And who would you guess that they are uh, picky as contenders that are not going to make it? Hmm. I would guess Auburn. Yeah. No. Auburn was no. not in their pick. Interesting. Baylor Bears is one of them. Yeah, I think that that's a, that's a pretty popular pick for people that think, you know, it's a higher seed that's not going to make it all the way. And Mr. J.J. would not like this. The Duke Blue Devils. Mm. Yeah, you Next can... is the Arizona Wildcats. They picked them to fade. And the Tennessee Volunteers, okay. that's, that's who they said are not going to make it through. So just thought I'd let you know if you pick those in your brackets, go back and edit them. Uh-oh. Have to make some changes. Right. Now, guys, I caught this real quickly because uh, I'm going around here. Uh, from Huffington Post's website, it just came up. I was looking for sports column uh, articles. It says, Skip Bayless says Charles Barkley's threats to kill him or scaring his wife. It's an article by Ron Dicker. It was a, came out today. Have you seen that article, that column? I have not seen it. Uh, I just want to ask you, what is the, the history of the animosity between uh, Sir Charles and Skip Bayless? Uh, Skip Bayless is a hot take artist. He's I, I would consider him a doofus. I'm not a big Skip Bayless fan. Uh, and Charles takes his job a lot less seriously than Skip Bayless. Not his job, but himself. Um, I, I don't I don't know what the history is there, but it, Skip Bayless likes to be dramatic, and he likes to say things that will cause headlines, so I, I'm not reading too much into that. Okay, because it says on here that uh, Skip Bayless revealed that NBA analyst Charles Barkley's repeated threats to kill him have alarmed his wife, Ernestine. She calls him a scumbag, a scumbag and just pure evil and depraved. Well, uh, Skip Bayless kind of just says what he wants and gets away with it. It's not concerned. <laughs> so apparently uh, Barkley has called out Skip Bayless and said he'd like to kill him on national television. Were you aware of that? 
I was not aware of that, but yeah, like Brant said, Skip Bayless is a guy that loves to have a lot of dramatic um, parts of his life, and he's a guy that's super duper dedicated to this industry. Um, so yeah, I wouldn't take too much into this. And I mean, Skip Bayless is a guy. Yeah, he's just loves attention, so he's an attention seeking type of guy. Yeah. Okay. Well, finally, guys, give me your take on this because uh, I've been reading people blogging saying that uh, our time slot and being shown on True TV for 1140 uh, Friday morning uh, was a slight by the committee, whereas Ohio State is being shown on a more prevalent, I guess, uh, broadcast channel at uh, a later time. Do you guys see that that, that time slot and that True TV uh, being the uh, channel that's broadcasting our our game being a slight to to Auburn or not? I don't think it's a slight toward Auburn. You look at the uh, the four games they are going to be tipping off around the same time uh, on it's Loyola Chicago and Ohio State at 11:15, Jacksonville State and Auburn at 11:40. At 12:45, you got Montana State and Texas Tech, and then at one o'clock, Yale and Purdue. Those are the four games, the first four games that day. I think it's purely because that you you see some of the closer matched up uh, seeds against each other is why Ohio State and Loyola Chicago got on that national TV 10 to 10 to seven. Uh, that's a ten versus seven uh, seed, but I I will say this, you know, it like I said, I think it's more so that that's the better bracket matchup. You see, you you know, you, you think of a two versus fifteen, you almost think about a one sixteen seed. You're going to get a lot of fans of the of the higher rated team to to watch it, but a lot of people aren't going to tune in for that game because you you see a 2 versus 15 you're like oh well Auburn's going to you know win this game now we know as Auburn fans that that's not necessarily the case you know you Auburn this game could be very close and whatever but I do think it says a lot that the Auburn team the Auburn broadcast is going to have the CBS A team broadcasting so it's going to be Jim Nance it's going to be uh who else is on the A team uh, Grant Hill Grant Hill uh Bill uh Bill Raftery uh, Tracy Wolfson. So it's going to be the A broadcasting team for CBS and, and Turner Broadcasting doing the Auburn game. So Ohio State and Loyola Chicago may get the more national, you know, billing on on the network TV CBS, but Auburn's got the better uh, broadcasters. Wow, thanks, Educate. So that uh, that really is a a different uh, slant than from a lot of the bloggers on Two Four Seven Sports have been saying. So we do have the the A list people then doing the show, yes. doing the other game. Okay, right, uh, good to know. So, uh, guys, that's about all, all I've got for today. So, again, uh, beware the eyes of March and, uh, you know, make sure who uh, who's behind, who's got your back. <laughs> that's right. All right, with that said, guys, um, I hope you guys have a relaxing and uh, safe uh, rest of the afternoon and evening. And until tomorrow, it's Warrior Always, guys. We're going to make mayhem. That's right, Steve. Thank you so much for that phone call. 334-887-341. Locally, toll-free, 1-888-9-TIGER-9. It's how to get on the Auburn Bank phone line. Let's take a break, and we'll be right back after this quick timeout. More of your phone calls next. Want to join our conversation? Tweet us your thoughts on Twitter at SportsCallAU. I'm Brian Harson, head football coach of the Auburn Tigers, and you're listening to Sports Call on Tiger 95.9. 
We talk about the Sports Call podcast can be found anywhere you get your podcast. Specifically, they can be found on SoundCloud. Podcasts available on SoundCloud. That's where we upload it every single day and filter it throughout the rest of the podcasting world. Link to our SoundCloud page is right now on our Twitter feed at SportsCallAU. You can find that feed. Go back and listen to anything that we have posted in the past. Say Twitter again. Twitter. There you go. <laughs> Twitter. That's gorgeous. Did you ever watch... Um, it was old, before James Corden, the Late Late Show with Craig Ferguson. Did y'all ever watch Craig Ferguson? I did not. Nope. Phenomenal Late Show. <laughs> he had a segment every single night. There was tweets and emails. He would he would read off viewers' tweets and emails, and it, that was part of the, the intro song. He said, Twitter, <laughs> check the tweets and emails. He was Scottish, ah, and so everything mm. had like a Scottish-British oh. accent because he did, he did all his go. own work it was not a very well put together show <laughs> it seemed like they walked out there and just did whatever they wanted to do which is so, phenomenal. hey you you got the buttons you got the screen <laughs> yeah. let's make let's make magic they had a robot <laughs> my favorite type of content they had a robot skeleton in the corner i remember that Jeff, i've seen that and then they also had a costumed horse named secretariat i have not Wait, seen what? that costumed <laughs> horse it was phenomenal it's i think the only late show i've ever watched was uh jimmy kimmel and very rarely did i actually pay attention jimmy to that. kimmel's okay Guillermo's pretty funny, especially when they send him to the uh, the like the NBA finals oh, yeah. and stuff, where he's yeah. at the practices <laughs> and, the, and the media days and asks like LeBron James questions. <laughs> That's right. Those are fun. Uh, Jimmy Fallon's fun. I, I like Jimmy Fallon when he his games. Those are always fun. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, Craig Ferguson, the the late late show with Craig Ferguson was right after David Letterman, and it was just a hodgepodge oh, of just absolute <laughs> chaos and nonsense. And if you've never watched it. Um, I highly suggest you get the kids out of the room and then watch a couple of clips <laughs> on YouTube because it is hilarious. Uh, 334-887-341, locally toll-free, 1-888-9-TIGER-9 is how you get on the Auburn Bank phone line. I am Brooks Childress, joined by Brant Daughtry and Javon Cutler, sitting in for J.J. Jackson today. We will get back to the Auburn Bank phone line right now as we get ready to go. Three, like I said, 334-887-341, locally toll-free, 1-888-9-TIGER-9. Let's keep it right here in Auburn now, and it's... Russell from Auburn. Russell joins us on the phone line. Russell, how are you doing this afternoon? Uh, I'm good. Where, where's JJ this week? Well, he is uh, taking care of some company business right today, and that company business includes getting WAUD 1230 ready for Braves baseball this weekend, Russell. Well, that's what I wanted to talk to JJ about with my, my Atlanta Braves, but he's been out Monday and Tuesday now, so you'll have to let him know that I've called in, considering all this news that we've gotten. Um, obviously, still don't know where Freddie Frank. Wait, before I get to that, I want to join in your conversation and show my age a little bit. I've only been a fan of one late night talk show ever, and it was Late Night with Conan O'Brien. Okay. Before, oh yeah. Before TBS, this was an NBC. You know, because he used to be a writer for Saturday Night Live, and when it was late night with Conan O'Brien, that was my favorite, or the only one that I would watch. So hey. I might catch a little bit of Jay Leno just waiting on it, but um, I said they but gave yeah, uh, Conan O'Brien was my favorite. They gave Jimmy Fallon his slot, didn't they? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, yeah, but um, not don't know. I heard today that possibly since. Freddie is uh, obviously not coming back to the Braves. Just crossing my fingers and just don't want to throw up all over myself if he goes to the Dodgers because that's just going to be painful. Yeah. So I'm hoping he goes anywhere else, even the dreaded Yankees. Just please go to the American League. 
And since and it made sense today when I read this that you know he holds dual citizenship in Canada, so the Blue Jays have apparently been trying to get in on Freddie Freeman since. Matter of fact, Freddie, if you don't remember this, played for Canada in the seventeen World Baseball Classic. I do, yeah. So, so yeah, Freddie Freeman to the Blue Jays is is um, is my pick. I hope I hope he goes to the Blue Jays. That would be awesome. Um, but anyway, uh, this Matt Olson deal is 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 pretty good. I, I mean, I I couldn't be more. Now, obviously, with a grain of salt, we all wanted Freddie Freeman back, and and there's no. We all wanted Freddie Freeman to be a lifer, but we've been uh, spoiled because of Chipper Jones being a lifer. That's correct. And I still believe that Freddie Freeman's number will at some point be retired um, for what he did for the Braves. Um, I mean, MVP, World Series, you know, just stand-up dude, great guy in the community. I don't I don't see why his number wouldn't be retired. Um, so, you know, it just didn't work out. It made more sense if you look at this long-term deal they gave Matt Olson today, which was eight years and what 160 something million dollars. Yeah. Um, I mean, I had some people saying, "Well, why didn't we give Freddie eight years?" Well, we're getting an eight to ten million dollar discount for literally a guy whose power numbers are better. His average may not be better, but you know the the trend in baseball now is not average. It's it's how far can you hit the baseball? And this guy can crush in baseball. Um, a little bit of digging into Matt Olson's average, it's not terrible. His average last year, I know he's 250 for his career, but his average last year was actually better against his left-handed bat. Now he throws right-handed, which is a little weird at first base, but not really if you think about it because his glove is on the foul line. But uh, – he he batted 270 against left-handed pitching last year. That was better than Freddie Freeman. Freddie Freeman now was a 320 batter against right-handed pitching, but he was below, or he was about a 250 hitter from left-handed pitching. So this guy was 270 against lefties and 271 against righties. So his average didn't change at all whether it was a left-hander or a right-hander out there. So if you want to play matchup. That doesn't really work against Matt Olson if you dig into the numbers. Um, I, I think that it – I don't want to say we got better because I don't – I haven't seen Matt Olson play yet for the Braves. But this this infield, you know, you got Austin Riley, you got Darno for a few more years, you got Swanson, you got Albies, now you got Olson locked up, Acuna when he comes back. I mean, this is a core – of the Atlanta Braves now with him signed for a long-term deal. And that's what we wanted. We wanted Freddie signed to a long-term deal so that you've got that core of players for the next five, six, seven, eight years that is not going to change. That's not even to mention Max Freed or Ian Anderson, these pitchers that we've got locked down for the next few years too. So the, the Braves are in a good position. Now there are question marks. Outfield is a question mark. Uh, today I saw where Solaire's being courted by the Dodgers, the you know a few other teams that wasn't the Braves. I would like to get him back if we could, but he might be too too expensive with coming off of the MVP in the World Series because it sounds like people are really wanting him to DH. Now if Ozuna can come back, and I I would say he needs to be a DH yeah. because his his outfield, you know his defense has really dropped off 
since he won a gold glove, but I would prefer for him to DH. So that really makes your outfield look like Acuna's not coming back till middle, late May. What are you doing in the outfield? Is it going to be Drew Waters? You know, can we get Eddie Rosario back? There's there's a lot of questions there about the outfield, but to not to to lose Freddie Freeman and to get what you got a younger version, practically of Freddie Freeman is a win. And and, and for the money, again, how much money you're going to save over the next eight years? And and trust me, and and I say all this again to say if I hadn't said it once. We have wanted Freddie Freeman back, but it makes more business sense for that front office to get that caliber player who's a younger player for a longer period of time than we were going to get Freddie Freeman for. Yeah, I 100% agree. I, I, I'm i with you. Like it, All things being equal, I wanted Freddie Freeman back, but if you can't have Freddie, I can't think of a much better replacement uh, than Matt Olson. I'm going to say finished, what, eighth in AL MVP voting this past year? Yep. Something like that. Yeah, I, I mean, he was – I think there was only three other players, three, maybe four other players that had a better OPS than Matt Olson in the American League. And, and those players are like Nelson Cruz and um, uh, uh, maybe Trevor Story, somebody like that. I, I don't know. But anyway um, – or no, DJ LeMahieu, I, I can't remember. But it's, it's, a, it's, a, it's a list. Uh, Tucker, Kyle Tucker was one of them from the Astros. But, uh, but it's a good list. And, and the guy, again, he was playing in Oakland. Hadn't even talked about that yet. That might be one of the biggest outfields in baseball. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, that, that is no hitter's park by any stretch of the imagination. And you're bringing him to Turner Field, which has kind of got a little bit of a reputation especially from the left side of the play, to being a launching pad. I mean, to, to watch Ozzy Albies hit him practically over the chop house, it, it, I, I can only imagine what he's going to do. Oh, and again, hadn't mentioned, it's a hometown kid, just like Dansby. I mean, they played high school at the same time in Atlanta. He's, he's from the same high school as Jeff Francoeur. He knows all those guys. He grew up as a fan. Like, he literally knows Chipper and McCann, was in the stands when Jason Hayward launched his first home run ever. Like, this guy grew up a Brave. Yes, he got drafted by the Athletics and has been out there for 10 years, but he's coming home. He had And he didn't want to go anywhere literally but Atlanta. Just got married, uh, built a house in Lilburn. Like, this – it almost seems like it was meant to be. And I hate to say stuff like that when you're talking about losing a guy like Freddie Freeman, but you can't ignore everything that's going on now. And being a fan, you can only be positive about what's going on. The only thing I'll be mad about, guys, is if he ends up a Dodger because that's going to be really, really tough. But I can only wish him the best. Free Freeman's a great guy, and the Braves would not have won a World Series without him. Anyway, I'm rambling. I'll let you guys go. Y'all have a good one. War Eagle, guys. Thank you, Russell. War Eagle, 334-887-341. Locally, toll-free, 1-888-9-TIGER-9. Instead of getting on the Auburn Bank phone line as we are wrapping up the second hour of our show. Yeah, I, I mean, you, you know, if you, all things are equal, like you said, Brant. All things ended up equal. You want Freddie Freeman. If you're a Braves fan, you would have rather had Freddie Freeman back because of how much he's meant to the organization. But it sounds like, and everything, you know, we'll we'll know for sure when Freddie Freeman does end up signing somewhere. We'll see the official numbers that you know you you're very possibly getting Matt Olson for a discount, and you're locking him up for a really long time, uh, and you're going to have some stability there at first, and and 
keeping, like Russell said, keeping that core infield uh, intact for a little bit to help help the Braves build elsewhere where they needed. Yeah, and, and to Russell's point, he talked about uh, how many how big the outfield in Oakland was, and it absolutely is. Uh, I saw a spray chart of Matt Olson's uh, all of his hits over the last couple of years. Um, he probably has about twenty or thirty more home runs in Turner, or not Turner Field, but in Truist Park. R.I.P. Yeah, R.I.P. Uh, <laughs> Center probably, Park. What? It's, it's Center still Park there. Stadium. It's still there. Yeah. Yeah. Center Park Stadium, home of the Georgia State Panthers. Right, but uh, you—he's going to hit probably twenty or thirty more home runs over a five-year period than he would have in Oakland because, uh, like, like Russell said, that the chop house in Atlanta, that's such a short porch and he's such a power lefty. He's going to hit more home runs than he did for sure. And also he's a guy that plays amazing defense. You could arguably say that he plays better defense than even Freddie Freeman. And we all know that Freddie Freeman plays great defense. There's literally a video on Twitter I saw today that was like two minutes and 20 seconds worth of him making great plays defensively out there at first base. So he's a guy that brings the leather as well as hit monster home runs. And uh, to your point about the infield Brooks and also what Russell mentioned great to have the stability but the next guy that you've got to think about paying is Dansby Swanson because yep. Swanson's a free agent after this season so that's going to be the next big decision for the Braves is okay do we need to pay Dansby Swanson or are we going to look somewhere else to get another shortstop because you still have Austin Riley for another couple of years before his arbitration comes up and um, pitchers, you've still got Max Fried under arbitration, um, Ian Anderson under arbitration, things like that. So it's a great move financially for the Braves. And they're thinking like, hey, we're trying to keep this core together. And how about Alex Anthopoulos? He's just pulling amazing deals. I mean, you've signed Acuna and Albies for dirt cheap compared to what their talent is worth. And now you get Olsen for basically $21 million bucks a year, a guy who's a top three first baseman in all of baseball so shout out to alex anthopoulos for pulling all these amazing deals three three four eight eight seven thirty four one locally toll free one triple eight nine tiger nine so you get on the auburn bank phone line we'll get more your phone goes after this break the atlanta braves return to the diamond on friday versus the minnesota twins to open up spring training and they return to your airwaves in the auburn opelika area on saturday at noon as they take on the tampa bay rays and then sunday they take on the philadelphia phillies as they get spring training underway over on our sister station am twelve thirty. W-A-U-D. Maybe we'll see Matt Olson playing a little bit this weekend for the Atlanta Braves. We'll get his Brave spring training debut. But for now, we head to a break. We head to the Tiger Communications Sports Report. And on the other side of this break, more sports call and more of your phone calls. I'm Brooks Childress, joined by Brant Daughtry and Javon Cutler. And we'll be right back with the third hour right after this. Two hours of Sports Call are finished. Don't touch that radio dial. We've got one more hour to go. Whether you're leaving work, cruising around town, or listening on demand, we've still got some fun left for you. To be part of the show, give us a call at 334-887-3401 locally or toll-free at 1-888-9-TIGER-9. Auburn's first and Auburn's favorite sports talk show has been on the air since 1995 and is ready for 60 more minutes of fun. Now, let's get this hour of Sports Call started. Third and final hour of Sports Call is starting right now on Tiger 95.9, the Tiger Communications app 
our website, thetiger.fm as well. And of course, the Sports Call Podcast. Thank you for joining us on this Tuesday afternoon, getting you through the first part of your work week. Should be getting off work pretty soon. We don't get off work for another hour, hour and a half, some of us. But we're not bitter. We get to talk about sports. That's, we get to talk about sports for a living. We get paid to talk about sports. <laughs> you don't You don't sound bitter at all. That's I am Brooks Childress, joined by Brant Daughtry and Javon Cutler. Great, great show so far for you today. 334-887-341 locally. Toll free one 9 tiger 9 is how you get on the Auburn Bank phone line to give us a chat. We'll get back to the Auburn Bank phone line in just a moment. We've got a lot of great stuff we've talked about on the show today. So if you are just joining us, you're getting off work, getting in your car, driving home, here is what you've missed. We've already finished the first two hours of Sports Call today. Boy, that escalated quickly. I mean, that really got out of hand fast. It jumped up a notch. It did, didn't it? It's now time for the Daily Show Recap. Um, can you repeat the part of this stuff where you said all about the things? We sure can. 334-887-341 locally. Toll free one 9 tiger 9 is how you get on the Auburn Bank phone line. We had a lot of phone calls on that Auburn Bank phone line this afternoon. Great phone calls in the first hour. Daryl from Columbus, I-Man, we're in the first hour. We had James from Montgomery, retired War DM Steve, and Russell were in the second hour. We got a few more phone calls to get to here in just a moment. Javon, what have you thought of the show today? It's been good, yeah. Um, some had some Auburn football talk, so talked about Auburn football. Spring football is upon us. I'd say, yeah, spring football is upon us. Auburn had their pro day today as well, so there are a lot of measurements taken and all those things. Um, so, yeah, Auburn football has been a huge topic for us. But also talked about the NCAA tournament as Auburn plays Friday afternoon-ish. So um, we'll see how the Tigers do against the Jacksonville State Gamecocks. So we've talked about that a little bit. And with Russell, we'll talk about the Braves. The Braves made a move to acquire Matt Olson from the Oakland A's. And Freddie Freeman most likely is no longer in Atlanta Braves. So it'll be interesting to see where Freddie Freeman goes as far as his next team is concerned, but still a bright, optimistic future for the Braves team as a whole, regardless. So, but a really good show so far. And hey, we've still got another hour to take your phone calls and chat about whatever is on your mind. Wouldn't it be something if Alex Anthropolis shocked the world and re signed Freddie? <laughs> and just moved him to, D- to DA. That's well, Freddie Freddie <laughs> prefers to be the. Uh, Freddie prefers to play first base, and yeah. I, I'd let Matt Olson be the DH. That would be pretty insane. That would be crazy. You move on from Jorge Soler and uh, Matt Ozuna. <laughs> At this point, don't think it's going to happen. No, no I mean, but but it, it would. There is no no movement on the Freddie Freeman side. You that still got true. rumors swirling about where he could go. Uh, we'll have to wait and see where Freddie Freeman ends up, uh, as it appears his time in Atlanta is over. Javon. You recapped everything that we just talked about on the show so far today. Where can people find that if they've missed it? If you've missed it. We've got a lot of great platforms that you could reach. SoundCloud is where we edit the podcast, and it's a commercial-free podcast. So if you ever miss any parts of Sports Call, listen to it on SoundCloud. But we also have it available on Stitcher, Google Play, Apple Podcast, all those great platforms. So if you ever miss Sports Call, that is the go-to place to check out Auburn's first and Auburn's favorite sports talk show. That's right. So if you've missed it, make sure you go and find that podcast everywhere you get your podcasts. 
But for right now, we head back to our Auburn Bank phone line at 334-887-341 locally, toll-free, 1-888-9-TAGGER-9. All of our sports call callers and guests join us on that Auburn Bank phone line. Auburn Bank has been your hometown bank for over 110 years. Visit them online at auburnbank.com. Your partner, your neighbor, your friend, member FDIC, equal housing lender. We head back to that Auburn Bank phone line and come back to Auburn and... Anthony from Auburn. Anthony is waiting there. He's been waiting patiently. Let's get to him now. Anthony, how are you doing this afternoon? Great. And you guys? Doing great. Good, good. I'm going to be honest with you. I had no intentions of calling in until after I saw what Auburn did in the uh, big dance. And then I was going then uh, then I was going to talk with y'all and uh, and go over things like I had promised the uh, last time I talked with y'all. But I'm going to tell you something. Uh, Steve, war damn Steve, after listening to him, I just had to call in. If I'm not mistaken, uh, he said that he saw some commentary or comments that Hannah Storm had made about Auburn, uh, perhaps uh, going being a Final Four team. Is that correct? I don't think it was necessarily Hannah Storm. She she interviewed Jabari Smith for Sports okay. Center a couple of days ago. But yeah, they he did bring up there are a few national pundits out there that have put out their brackets that have Auburn going to the Final Four. I don't see how they could see that based on how Auburn performed in the Southeastern Conference tournament. I mean, if you can't win your own tournament and uh, get embarrassed in the in the quarterfinals, why everybody else had played a couple games? I'm not mistaken, or maybe three games before they played Auburn or A and M. And uh, to get embarrassed like that and sent home and a team that all I've heard all year, how many games Auburn won on the road, how many games they won at home on the jungle, they won more games than any Southeastern Conference basketball team this year and all this and that. And, and that and still remains the, true, Anthony, by the way. Yeah, that, that does remain true, but uh, hey, they, hey, hats off. Uh, they won the conference, the regular season, excuse me, they won the regular season uh, uh, SEC championship uh was ranked number one for the first time in program history. Uh, I mean, it was a talk of the town, talk of the nation, uh, Sports Illustrated cover, if I'm not mistaken, and all the uh, All-American and individual awards that players receive, uh, Pearl receiving coaching knowledge for various awards, and, and, you know, all the media coverage and everything that goes with that and all the feel-good and all that kind of stuff. But the regular season's over with. It's tournament time, and you can't tell me that it ain't embarrassing, and you can't tell me it didn't hurt to sit there and watch Auburn uh, perform the way they did Friday. You know, that's one reason I didn't call in Monday, and I hadn't planned on calling today. I, I knew that hurt, and I said, well, I'm not going to be, uh, 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 you know, not going to be that kind of person and call in and rub it in. Just wait and watch how things unfold in the tournament, and then once it's over with, call and uh, and have a conversation with the guys and everything and, and, uh, and see. But, you know, uh, to be embarrassed like that, there's no indication to me that this is a Final Four team. I, I had said all along that somewhere in the, I don't know, middle of the season, towards the end of the season, Auburn got in some kind of slump that when they're not in that jungle, that uh, they just can't win, uh, you know. Uh, <laughs> and that, it appears to be what it is. But we're going to see uh, how things unfold here uh, in the next couple of weeks. Uh, I'm sure they'll beat my Gamecocks. It would be nice if my Gamecocks would win. Oh, Lord, I'd love it. But I don't know if that's going to be possible. But we're going to see. We're going to find it out. But i tell you one thing. Uh, in the next couple of weeks, uh, as they move up in this tournament, we'll see how this thing unfolds and, and, and what will be what and if they'll be that Final Four team or they just going to be a conference regular season uh, uh, kind of team, shell out a whole lot of money, 
and people sitting there been bamboozled, flim flam, and all that good stuff. I'll talk to you guys later. Thank you for that call, Anthony. 334-887-341. Locally, toll free one triple eight nine tiger nine. So you get on the Auburn Bank phone line. That was a uh, spirited call from Anthony. I'm, listen, he does have a point in that you know you you. If I'm you're not giving at that it, to him. He doesn't have a point. If you're looking at it, it's... <laughs> I don't care if he's right or not. I'm not giving it to him. <laughs> it's kind of hard to pick Auburn to go to the Final Four right now because of their road struggles and their struggles away from home. Now, you look at the uh, their performance in the conference tournament. Yeah, was not a great performance uh, against Texas A&M. It, it was just... It was flat out not a good performance. Auburn should have won that game. If you hit a lot... Of, if you hit the shots that did not fall... Just the I open think, shots. Think, not even yeah, not even right, make tough right. shots. If you just hit the open shots, yeah, Auburn runs away with that Auburn's game. got a really good shot of winning that game. Now, on the other side of that, you did run into what appears to be have been a buzzsaw in Texas A&M. The hottest it, team in the SEC at the time. Made the run all the way to the conference, uh, the conference final... Lost to Tennessee. Uh, Tennessee was able to handle them fairly well, but still a team that probably should have made the NCAA tournament. Won ten of their last twelve. And then you look at you know at the bracket right now, and I've, I think that was the numbers. There there are quite a few teams in the bracket that did not win their conference tournament that people are pointing to. Hey, they could be a Final Four team. Uh, Duke is one of those teams. They did make the final game, the fi- the the tournament final. But they're a team that some people are picking to make the Final Four. Baylor did not win their conference tournament. They got knocked out fairly early in their conference tournament. They're a team that people have picked to go all the way to the Final Four. I've seen North Carolina in there. They did not win their conference tournament. Um, I've also seen Kentucky as a Final Four team. They obviously did not win their conference tournament as they didn't beat the Tennessee Volunteers on Saturday. On the other side of things, you know, there, there's a few teams uh, that are picked that could make a run all the way to the Final Four that are not teams that won the conference tournament it the, the march is such a weird animal that you cannot say they lost this team lost in the x round of the conference tournament they're not going to make it to the final four auburn made that run in the uh in what 2019 yeah. the final four and they were not a two seed they were not a one seed they were in the middle of the pack and they made it run all the way to the, the final four and it's just who gets hot at what time if this auburn team can go into greenville south carolina on th- on friday beat Jacksonville State and kind of get into a little bit of, you know, get get their feet under them and kind of get rid of, if they just win, I think right now, if Auburn basketball wins one game at Jacksonville, or not at Jacksonville, but against the Jacksonville State team, I think that's going to do a lot for this team's road confidence because right now, yeah. you've lost a lot of games away from Auburn Arena and that's got to be, you know, for players, that's going to get in your head. You're like, oh, no, we're not, we're not playing at home. What's going to happen? You win that game against Jacksonville State, that's going to infuse a lot of confidence in your team. Now, do they make it to the Final Four after that? I don't know. That's why March is such you know such a crazy time. But I think that that does a lot for your confidence. If you can go in and you can beat Jacksonville State, even if it's a close game, even if it's very, very close, and if you win that game, that gives you so much confidence going into that next game on Sunday against either USC or Miami. And you mentioned that 2019 Auburn basketball run. People forget that the first game Auburn played in that tournament was against New, Me- New Mexico State. That's right. And they almost lost that game if the guy from New Mexico State had made that, I want to say, three-point shot. That would have won the game and Auburn would have been out of the tournament. So it's definitely how the ball rolls and things like that. So, yeah, it doesn't matter how you win in the NCAA tournament as long as you get that win and you're able to advance. So I think for Auburn that should be the key right there is just survive in advance that's the motto for March Madness just survive in advance doesn't matter if you win by 20 doesn't matter if you win by one as long as you win that's what matters and um, this year is especially fun because it just felt like last year 
Baylor and Gonzaga were destined to be in the final four and even the national championship. And that's exactly how it turned out. It wasn't as much drama. They were obviously the upsets that happened, but it wasn't like, okay, this Cinderella team, this Loyola Chicago, this George Mason team is going to make the final four somehow. It was like, okay, well, Baylor and Gonzaga, are the two best teams, clearly they're going to meet. That's what happened. But this year you can make a case for, I'd say six to eight teams that they could be in the final four they could win the national championship so and Auburn's in that conversation so I think for Auburn they know what it takes Bruce Pearl is a guy that's been in the tournament several times this roster itself does not have a lot of experience in the NCAA tournament I want to say I saw a tweet on Twitter and it said that out of everybody on Auburn's roster only 13 minutes have been played in the NCAA tournament in terms of experience so for Auburn um they're not going to have a lot of experience, but hey, that, that's a good thing. I mean, these guys, I don't think they're going to be pressured at all. They know what it takes to play in a neutral environment. So I'm looking forward to seeing how this Tigers team does against South or, um, Jacksonville State. I almost had the wrong Gamecocks there. but um, In South Carolina. But so Yeah, that is true, though. There we go. There we go. There's connection somewhere. But um, but yeah, it should be a good matchup for Auburn, a good test to see how they fare, and hopefully they'll be able to survive in advance the next week or two. I think the thing that scares me the most about Jacksonville State is how great of a three-point shooting team they are. They're shooting about 38% as a team from the three-point line. And when in the past, when uh, 15s have upset two seeds, it has been because they shot the three really well. And, and Jacksonville State, if they get hot, can absolutely light it up from three. Uh, and if Auburn starts trying to have to answer with them, Auburn needs this game to be kind of ugly. They need Jacksonville State to miss shots because Jacksonville State's not going to be able to defend Auburn's post play. They don't have the they don't have the horses to defend Jabari Smith and Walker Kessler. But if they can start knocking down threes, they can start playing that inside that outside game. Then they that'll be kind of the equalizer. So Auburn's going to have to make sure that they don't get hot from three. They're going to have to play really good perimeter defense and just not give them open looks and and hope they just don't get hot and start hitting them anyway, which could very well happen. Uh, I you're right. I think a win on the road gives them a lot of confidence. I also think that a lot of the reason that they have lost these games that they did. Uh, is because their schedule was extremely backloaded. You had to play Tennessee on the road and Arkansas, and you had to go to uh, Florida, where the, Florida's just given you hell over the past couple of years. Uh, and like you said, Texas A&M is a freaking buzzsaw. Um, Auburn's lost four games in conference. They lost those four games by a combined 15 points. That is not a lot. Uh, Auburn very well could have won all four of those games. And there are a couple other games where they could have lost that were close, but whatever. Let's just... Let's stick with the positives here. Uh, I think Auburn's going to be fine. I think that it has gotten in the players' heads a little bit, but if they can, I, I'm with you, Brooks. If they can just get a win on the road and look good doing it, that'll do a lot for them. Three three four eight eight seven thirty four one locally toll free one triple eight nine Tiger nine. Get on the Auburn Bank phone line. We're still taking your phone calls as we roll through a Tuesday edition of Sports Call. When we come back, more of your phone calls right after this. Looking for another way to listen to our show? Be sure to download the Tiger Communications app and listen to Sports Call wherever you go. This is Jake Crane, host of the J-Boy Show, and you are listening to the Abbey Award-winning Sports Call.
Are you looking to buy or refinance a home? Make sure you go to the folks that know everything about home loans. Hometown Lenders on the Plains. Hometown Lenders team of experts can help you no matter your situation. First time home buyers to those about to retire. Don't fight with the loan process on your own. Contact Hometown Lenders at 256-476-0823 or online at hometownlendersontheplains.com or stop by and see them at their office today at 1943 South College Street. Our good friend Tim Gillespie from Hometown Lenders stops by here on a weekly basis. He can help you guys out. Such a nice guy. Can't wait till you have him in later this week for his weekly visit with us right here on Sports Call. I am Brooks Childress, joined by Brant Daughtry and Javon Cutler on a Tuesday edition of Sports Call. 334-887-341. Locally toll-free, 1-888-9-TAGGER-9 is how you get on the Auburn Bank phone line. And let's not waste any more time. Let's go back to that Auburn Bank phone line. And our good friend, Keith from Auburn, joins us on the Auburn Bank phone line. Keith, how are you doing this afternoon? Hey, I'm good, guys. How are y'all? Doing fantastic. <clears throat> hey, um, a quick question on these NCAA men's basketball brackets. Do the the playing games count? I mean, I know the winner goes on, but what I'm saying is, when you fill your bracket out, I, I a lot of there's there's a couple brackets that you it, they do count, but most of them it just starts with the round of 64. So you can pick okay. you, you'll pick, you know like Alabama plays the winner of Rutgers and Notre Dame, and so like right now in the bracket you can pick you know either one the winner of that team, and it'll just fill that team in uh, later. Okay. All right. Well, listen, guys, I, I've been listening to your show, and, and I've got I got to say the show got this all wrong. Uh, you know, I didn't have to to look hard at my bracket uh, to crown my national champion uh, out with, with one of the teams in the, in the play-in game. And what team is that? Uh, that's Texas A&M Corps. Oh. oh. <laughs> Christy. And look, uh, y'all may not believe this, but that's why I say you got it wrong. Texas A&M made the big dance. <laughs> that's right. They did. Technically, yes. Corpus Christi is a sister uh, team of A&M and the SEC. Yeah. A&M shipping their players to Dayton uh, to build the <laughs> roster for Texas A&M Corpus Christi. <laughs> that'd be that'd be something, wouldn't it? <laughs> yeah, it would. Hey, has uh, has anybody other than Georgia named a new head basketball coach? Uh, in the SEC, no. At Missouri, still looking. Okay. Florida, obviously, they just started looking because of the the Mike White news, and then South Carolina just fired their coach yesterday. So nobody else has uh, named a new head basketball coach yet. Okay, I, I, I knew Mike White got the Georgia job, but I wasn't sure about about the rest. But anyway, guys, I, I just uh, uh, I'm, I'm working on my bracket, but I'm taking my time this time. Last year, I just spelled it out, and you know, the first day, I think I. Lost about five games out of six that played or whatever. So I'm, I'm doing a little different this year, but uh, I'm, I'm hoping to uh, have something filled out. You know, I just hate UAB and Houston playing in the first round. I like Houston, but my heart goes with UAB. Yeah. And uh, that guard uh, Walker that UAB got is the real deal now. That that, that it can go off on you real quick. 
Yeah, we were, uh, during the break, uh, our good friend Ryan Lavoie, who is a Birmingham native, also a big UAB supporter, said that uh, on that uh, ESPN show PTI, they were interviewing Jay Billis, one of the ESPN basketball officials, and he said that uh, Jelly Walker was one of the guys to look out for in the tournament. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Listen, guys, that's all I had. I just wanted to comment on on the tournament a little bit. Uh, y'all guys keep doing what you do. And uh, we'll talk again soon, okay? Awesome. Thank you so much for the call, Keith. 334-887-341 locally. Toll free one 9 tiger 9 is how you get on the Auburn Bank phone line. That uh, Keith made me think about something just then. He said he was taking his time this year with this bracket. Does anyone in here, I know we've, we've talked about it off the air during the show, Brent, you fill out one bracket. You're, you've just filled out one bracket this year. Uh, I have filled out one bracket. This is the first bracket I've ever filled out, so I am very new to this. And and it's you know, I guess like you, I know what your system is. I know who you picked to win it all. So I <laughs> yeah, guess this, my, um, this isn't really a, a question. I guess you can answer it. But uh, Javon, is there like either of y'all? If you're just picking a, a normal, you know, just random bracket, if you're going, you know, putting out a bracket, what type of system, or is there a special system you're using? Because I know a lot of people try to get into these formulas and trying to, you know, run through, you know, oh, the, the, this team's beaten this team this many times, the seed's never beaten this seed, and you, you try to look at, you know, different formulas. Do y'all have any sort of, like, uh, you know, special way you fill out a bracket, or you just go with your gut, or what, what's what's the systems going on in the room? I'd probably say go with my gut. Um... I'd say as far as upsets, I think the best way to do upsets is sometimes you got to see what team specializes in something. So, if, for instance, one team is really good at shooting three-pointers and the opponent that they're playing is one of the worst as far as defending a three-point shot. It's like, okay, that could be an upset because if so-and-so gets hot from three, then we know the opponent can't stop them about that three-point shooting prowess that they have. So I think that goes into my mind as far as upsets, but also the reputation of a mid-major type of team. Like, for instance, whenever Loyola Chicago now is in the tournament, it's like, okay, I know what they could do because I've literally seen them make the Final Four a couple years ago, and I know that they have a reputation of being a gritty type of team. So... Um, not to spoil spoil this year, but it's like, okay, what their matchup against Ohio State, it's like I could definitely see them upsetting the Buckeyes because they have that pedigree still. They still have that championship pe- pedigree, even though they did lose their coach to Oklahoma. So that kind of goes into my mind as far as upsets, but then just for regular picks, it's like, okay, this should happen because this team is really good, um, especially if it's a team I've watched all season longer, I've seen most of their games. It's like I know how they play, so it's like they should be able to advance to this round. But obviously, there's no perfect exact science to it. So most of the time, it's just kind of going with your gut and feeling that this is going to be an upset or this should be a pretty easy win for a number one, number two, number three, number four, whatever seed. So it's kind of more of a gut feeling, I'd say, for me overall. Um, I look at a matchup and I go, yeah, I think that one's going to win. And so kind of a ve- gut feeling. Very, very rarely. Yeah, gut feeling is probably the best way to put it. Um, I very rarely will look at advanced metrics or anything like that. I'm just like, okay, what what little I know about this team tells me that it's going to beat this one, and I have no expectation of getting anything right. Um, I I hope that my national champion is correct because I picked Auburn. Uh, my bracket this year, I called it "Bet with Your Heart," so that's um, <laughs> that's kind of where I'm going with this. It's just. Well, if, if I'm taking this from a purely head perspective, I don't think Auburn's going to win the national championship. I hope they do. I hope I, I hope my head is wrong and my heart is right. But uh, that, So that's why I put Auburn to win the national championship in my bracket. I'm trying to think about there, – there's so many different ways you could obviously do a bracket. 
I like to go through and I, I do like some of the advanced metric stuff. Now, I'm, I'm not this person that's like, I'm going to put this through like a formula or anything that I've, you know, concocted over the years. The, and like the children's formula. Yeah, there's no children's <laughs> formula sitting out there. Um, but I do like to run through some of the advanced metrics. It's, it, you know, you look at the bee chill formula. The beach. It's like Ken Palm. Your bee chill formula. It's like Ken Palm. Your bee chill. Bee chilling. Um, but it's, you know, I, I like to, <laughs> you know, like Keith was uh, uh, brought up. Uh, if the first four counted, um, you know, I, I like to wait. You know, a lot of people are already filling out tons of brackets i like to wait until the first four games are done and then i see what you know who's going to be there there are some teams it's like you know you look at uh texas southern texas a&m corpus christi those are 16 seed versus 16 seed i i know what's probably going to happen there like arizona's probably going to win that that game or they they go against kansas one of the two goes up against arizona one of the right state and bryant goes up against one kansas or or arizona whichever one of the two um Actually, Texas Southern and Texas A&M Corpus Christi go up against Kansas. Uh, so, like, yeah, those those two. I know what's probably going to happen, but I just like to see, like, just look at, you know, look at some of the, you know, look how they match up, which team matches up a little bit better. Uh, but, yeah, there's so many different ways you can fill out brackets. Uh, no one, I don't think really anybody does the same. I used to, when I was little, I said little, but I was, like, middle school, I did a coin flip. So I would just flip a coin and be like, oh, this team's going to win. I got Georgetown once, and I got Richmond once in, in the brackets, and they Ooh. were both like middle-of-the-way seeds. Did not make it out of the first <laughs> two rounds, I don't think. <laughs> so scrapped that formula really, really quickly. But a lot of bracketology going on this time of year, a lot of predictions going on. And, of course, you'll hear a lot of talk about brackets throughout the next few weeks, especially right here on Sports Call. When we come back, we get to your Player of the Week revealed we've waited long enough sports calls player of the week coming up next along with more of your phone calls right after this Want to know how easy it is to listen to our show? All you have to do with your Amazon smart device is say, Alexa, play Sports Call Auburn. I'm Sammy Coates, former Auburn football player and all-SEC wide receiver, and you are listening to Sports Call on Tiger 95.9. On a Tuesday rolls on Tiger 95.9 Tiger Communications app the tiger.fm the website if you're heading home and you're about to get home off of work and you say man I'd really like to keep listening to, to Auburn's first and Auburn's favorite sports talk show but I'm about to walk inside and I don't have a physical radio inside because it's not 1937 anymore <laughs> well you know what you probably do have inside is an Amazon Alexa device and you know what you can do on that Listen to Sports Call Auburn. That's right. Sports Call can now be heard on Alexa, Amazon Alexa devices. 
open the Alexa app on your iPhone or Android, tap the menu icon in the top left, Skills and Games, in the menu, and search for Sports Call Auburn. Select the skill and then tap Enable to Use, and then you're done. That's it. All you have to do now is say, hey, Alexa, play Sports Call Auburn, and you're listening to Auburn's first and Auburn's favorite sports talk show. So we've got a, we've got a, you know, a, a solution to all of your problems that you can't listen to Sports Call. we got a podcast everywhere you get your podcasts. we got an app. So if you're, you know, can't be anywhere where you've got your your radio with you, you got an app. If you're inside your house and you don't want to play it on the app, we got an Alexa device. There's no reason you shouldn't be listening to no Auburn's first and Auburn's favorite. No excuse. No excuse. That's right, Javon. No excuse. <laughs> no excuse. 334-887-3401. Toll free one triple eight nine tiger 9 is how you get on the Auburn Bank phone line as we continue to roll through a Tuesday edition of Sports Call. We have waited long enough for this reveal it is time as we do every tuesday to reveal our sports call player of the week sports calls player of the week auburn softball infielder Lindsay garcia is sports calls player of the week the auburn slugger went three of nine in a three-game sweep over texas a&m this weekend including a two-run home run in the second game to begin an auburn comeback she ended the series with five rbis and one run scored leading the first auburn series sweep of an sec opponent since 2019 Lindsay garcia is sports calls player of the week Eric McDade State Farm is a proud supporter of local sports and the community we all live in. Eric McDade has been proudly serving the local community since 2019. Whether you need auto coverage, home coverage, life insurance, or even renter's coverage, you can rest easy knowing that Eric McDade has your back. Stop by and see them today at 907 2nd Avenue Suite A in Opelika, or for more information, call 334-759-7431, or find them on the web at drivewithericcom Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Eric McDade State Farm, proud to be a supporter of local sports in the community. Sports Call Player of the Week brought to you by Eric McDade State Farm now, the new partner of Sports Call and the Sports Call Player of the Week. And that's Player of the Week, Lindsey Garcia, the Auburn softball team. Guys, what are your thoughts? Uh, yeah, she, she went absolutely insane. Sorry. I, no, you're good. <laughs> uh, yeah, I was board hopping that game. Uh, we had it right here on this station, and I was able to listen to the doubleheader that they had last Sunday. And, yeah, she absolutely went off. That two-run homer, like I said, uh, led to an Auburn comeback. Auburn was down in that game. I think they were down 3 nothing, And uh, she started a comeback, or 4-1, to one, something like that. And she started a comeback with that two-run homer. And Auburn ended up taking all three games. First series sweep of an SEC team since 2019 for Auburn softball. Um, last year, we, we've talked about this enough already, but last year the, the pitching was incredible, but the offense was not there. And so far this year, the offense has been there. They put up eight runs in one of those games Saturday, put up five in the other. So the, the, the girls are getting across home plate now. And it is, uh, it's been a lot of fun to watch, and I'm excited to see what Auburn softball can do. I think, when, I'm, when I think back to our voting over the weekend, wasn't it all Auburn softball players that got votes? I believe so, yeah. Because uh, the other, there was another Auburn softball player that got a few votes, but Lindsey Garcia, Javon, our, our player of the week. Rightfully so. Um, like Brant mentioned, it's fun to see this team with an offense, actually, because last year the pitching was great. I mean, the pitching limited teams to two, three runs per game, and but the offense could only muster up a run, maybe two runs per game in SEC play, but this year... The girls are really doing a great job as far as driving the ball out the ballpark, and Garcia is a huge part of that resurgent Auburn Tigers offense. So the sky's the limit for this softball team. Mickey Dean's doing a great job so far. Um, I think great things are still going to come with this Auburn softball team. They're still going to continue to grow and get better. Lindsey Garcia is definitely a 
player to watch out for. She's one of the veterans on this team as well. So I think it's going to be a bright future for Garcia and the rest of the Auburn Tigers softball team. Trying to pull up the stats here so I can look at them. Lindsey Garcia had three RBIs on Friday night. And in the two games on Sunday, she had two in the first game, or two in the second game. And then she also had, she did not have any in the first game. But that is, what, five RBIs on the weekend? Yep. Big, big time stepping up uh, for Lindsey Garcia. She's been a player that's made an impact. She was here last year. She was on the team last year. But she's really made an impact offensively. We talked, you guys talked about it, the bat stepping up here in the, uh, in the early part of this season, as we're entering conference play, she's really stepped up in the in the off season or in the in the preseason, the non conference season. I'll get it out eventually. The non conference season, she's really stepped up, and she's had a really really good time uh, uh, plate appearances against all levels of competition. She had a fairly good weekend uh, a few weeks ago down in Clearwater against some of the top competition in the country. And then this weekend, did a lot of good things. Five RBIs on the weekend for Lindsey Garcia to help the Auburn Tigers with the sweep of the Texas A&M Aggies. And they'll go up against the South Carolina Gamecocks starting on Saturday for a three-game series. Big weekend. Two big, really big series for this Auburn Tigers team because now Texas A&M and South Carolina are not the cream of the crop of the SEC like we see some of the other teams like an LSU or a Florida or an Alabama. But the fact that you get into conference play and you sweep a conference opponent to start the week, start the season off, and then you're going up against another team that's very capable, you can very, very capably sweep them this weekend. you got a chance to at least. That gives you a lot of confidence going down the rest of the road in conference play. Yeah, I believe so. Um, for this team, I think for Mickey Dean, for once it feels like, okay, I have full control of these players because this is the first year where there are no players left over from the Myers era. So these are all Mickey Dean players and an emphasis he put this um, past recruiting cycle was hitting. He was like, okay, I need to get hitters because I have the duo of pitchers and Shelby Lowe and Matty Penta but I also have veterans pitching as well like a KK Dismukes and Samantha Yarbrough but it's like, okay, I need to really put an emphasis on hitting this time for my recruiting cycle and you've seen that with a lot of these fantastic freshmen like Nelia Peralta as well. So um, for Auburn, um, they're a team that I think is going to continue to get better, better and better. Um that one loss they did have was against a really good UCLA team that's always a top five softball program. So that was a respectable loss, you could call it. But SEC play, as we all know, in um, softball is going to be a tough. It's going to be a grind. So I think Auburn has the horses this year to compete in the SEC and be able to go f- even further in the SEC, not SEC tournament. Well, yeah, SEC tournament, but also the NCAA tournament as well because they got bounced early last year. But this year, I think it's going to be a different story. Um, so far, but hey, lots of great things to look forward to for the Auburn softball team. Lindsey Garcia is our Sports Call Player of the Week, presented by our new friends over at Eric McDade State Farm. Stop by and see them today over in Opelika. They can help you with all your insurance needs. Lindsey Garcia is our Sports Call Player of the Week. As we roll on here on a Tuesday edition of Sports Call, Brant, you, uh, you you sent this in our group text, but some more news from the Atlanta Braves as we go back to another diamond sport, as we move away from softball, go back to Major League Baseball world. The Braves have made another move. They have. They have signed right-handed reliever Colin McHugh. Uh, he's a He's been with Tampa Bay the last couple of years. Deal is two years with $10 million guaranteed, $6 million club option in 2024. That includes a $1 million buyout. 
Uh, McHugh, let me look at it here. He's 34 years old. Uh, last year, he got a 6-1 and record at a 1.55 ERA with 11, 11 earned runs over 64 innings pitched, 74 strikeouts, one save. That's pretty sporty. That's pretty sporty. The Braves bolstering the bullpen a little bit. And uh, the good thing about him is he appeared in 37 games last year for the Rays. He started seven games. Yeah, he made, so made a, multiple starts. It's a guy that the Braves bring in that's another arm that they can use, another arm for the bullpen. But also, if you get into a situation where you've got one of your guys that has to miss a start or two, he's a guy that can step up and be a new uh, an extra starter out of the bullpen and has some experience do, uh, starting for the Rays. Yeah, and the Braves lost a couple of relievers from last year's team. They lost uh, Jesse Chavez to the Cubs and also lost uh, Chris Martin as well. So they've lost a couple of their relievers, but you get a guy that's a proven commodity in McHugh, um, a veteran guy. So I think that's going to really help the Braves' bullpen, which was really strong last year. But, hey, you lose some people. This guy should be a great improvement to the bullpen, but hey, welcome on board, Colin McHugh, as Anthopolis continues to spend money. McHugh, uh, it's a moot point now because of the, the DH, but he bats and throws right-handed. Over his nine-year career, he's 64-44 and 44 record, a 377 career ERA so far, 247 career games pitched. He's made 126 starts, so he's a, he's a guy that can start some games, like I said a moment ago. Uh, he's pitched for the Rays most recently. He also has spent time with the Mets, the Rockies, the Astros. Uh, finished eighth in Hall and in, in, uh, not Hall of Fame, eighth in the balloting in the 2015 AL Cy Young Award after going 19 and seven with a 3.89 ERA for the Astros. Uh, he primarily a relief guy since 2018, going 13 and four with a 2.11 ERA in 158 innings out of the bullpen. So like I said, a guy for the Braves, you're adding another arm. Like you said, Javon, you lost a few arms in that bullpen. You're adding a guy that can, you know, give you some innings in the in there. He can also do, uh, you know, he could come in, come out of the bullpen. And that's what he's primarily been doing, like I said, since 2018. Can be a long reliever in case one of your your pitchers gets in trouble. And then, like I said a moment ago, if you, you've got a guy, if you get another situation where Ian Anderson goes down for a little bit and Mike Soroka goes down for a little bit, you've got a guy that can step up and fill that starting role pretty easily and not have to like dip down in the minor leagues and get someone who may not be completely ready to make that start. And also a little fun tidbit, he's from Braves country. He's from Atlanta. It says he's an Atlanta resident. He attended Providence Christian Academy in Lilburn, Georgia before attending Barry College, which is also in Georgia. So nice little fun tidbit about Colin McHugh. He's from Braves country. So the Braves continue to add more Atlanta area players to the roster but hey welcome Colin McHugh so the Braves adding another arm to the pitching staff Colin McHugh joining the Atlanta Braves and that is going to take us to our third and final break of the hour when we come back we wrap up the show with a little more banter and of course (laughs) the nightly tv guide brought to you by friends at coca-cola right after this Sports Call is on the air weekdays from 3 until 6 p.m. If you are currently driving in a four-door sedan, roll up the windows and turn up the radio. We're Auburn's first and Auburn's favorite sports talk show. I'm Corey Grant, former Auburn football and NFL running back, and you are listening to Sports Call on Tiger 95.9.
Wrapping up a Tuesday edition of Sports Call, I'm Brooks Childress, joined in studio today by Javon Cutler and Brent Daughtry. J.J. Jackson was handling company business all day, getting us ready for Braves baseball this weekend to return. Spring training action returns to the airwaves in the Auburn, Opelika area. On our sister station, 1230 WAUD this weekend, it's the Rays and the Phillies the Braves taking on this weekend. The Rays, the Braves on the road at the Philly, or at the Rays spring training facilities on Saturday, and then a home game against the Phillies on Sunday. Braves spring training action back this weekend on AM 1230 WAUD. We talked about some of the additions coming to the Atlanta Braves. Uh, Matt Olson, the, the newest fielding player the Braves acquired yesterday uh, via trade, getting uh, letting a few guys go. It was a big trade for the Braves of some of their big top prospects. Shea Langoliers, uh, one, of the, one of the more highly regarded pit, uh, catching prospects, although... Uh, Kevin McAlpin of the Braves Radio Network had a had an update yesterday after that that said uh, from what after that trade what he was hearing is that maybe Langoliers was not as highly regarded within the organization as other people thought he was and so there mm-hmm. there may have you know who knows what actually would have happened there uh, I know you know out on the outside looking in there was a lot of talk that Shay Langoliers was the future at the catching after uh, Darno leaves and. Uh, but uh, according to Kevin McAlpin yesterday in a little video he put out uh, from 680 to the fan that it sounded like Langoliers may not have been the, the catching prospect that a lot of people thought he may, be, may uh, was turning into. So getting rid uh, I say getting rid of trading Shea Langoliers, also trading uh, young prospect Christian Pache, who's had, had a little bit of time with the Braves, uh, was two of the bigger names involved in that Braves deal for Matt Olson, And then, of course, short time ago, the Braves getting Colin McHugh, for the uh, adding another arm to the bullpen, a guy that can start, make some spot starts, and come out of the bullpen for the Braves, and they get underway this weekend, AM twelve thirty WAUD for spring training action. Javon, it's almost time for Braves baseball. I'd say it's almost time, almost that time. And just to touch on the Langleyers thing, I know that he was regarded as a really good defensive catcher. I think the offense was a question for him, but he was making strides offensively in the minor leagues. So that was the kind of concern with Langleyers was was he going to be able to hit enough? in the major leagues on the flip side um, for the Braves. I guess it just shows you that, hey, we're going to trust William Contreras to be our catcher of the future, a guy who has been in the major leagues and has had spurts of really good offense. He's been a really good offensive catcher in spurts. Defensively, he still has to work on some things, I'd say, but if he's anything like his brother um, who plays for the Cubs, who's also a catcher, I think that the Braves will be okay because William Contreras is a guy that – is a all-star caliber catcher. So if he's anything like his brother, then, hey, that'll be a great um, asset for the Braves to have in the future. But, yeah, we're getting closer to Braves baseball. Um, spring training starts. Great to see the guys down there in Florida at Cool Today Park. Um, great to see Acuna back out there hitting bombs off the scoreboard, saying, I'm back. So it's it's going to be fun times, fun times to see this Braves team throughout the season. But, of course, spring training is where it begins. Unfortunately, or fortunately, we have Braves baseball coming back. Unfortunately, Auburn baseball will not play tonight. They got rained out against Kennesaw State. Man. That game being made up on April the 20th. Uh, midweek game against Kennesaw State, April the 20th, when that game will be made up. That is a team that, or a, a thing that we were going to highlight coming up right now. Our show is about to end, but we've got you covered on entertainment for the evening. Here's Sports Call's Nightly TV Guide. 
Sports Calls Nightly TV Guide brought to you by our friends over at Coca-Cola. Like I said, we're going to highlight Kennesaw State and Auburn baseball, but they will not be playing tonight. So other than that, we'll give you everything else that is on the Nightly TV Guide tonight. Your movie pick for this evening, a mainstay in the Sports Call Nightly TV Guide rotation, is the Jurassic Saga. And tonight, Jurassic World Fallen Kingdom. 7 o'clock on FX is your movie pick. The new Jurassic World uh, Dominion comes out this summer, doesn't it? believe so. That should be a really, yes. really fun movie. The final, quote-unquote, the final edition of the Jurassic Saga. Well, they said that 20 years ago, yeah. too. <laughs> they're, they're, it's never going to be. It's like Star Wars. They're just going to keep pumping out Star Wars, and we're just yeah. going to keep watching it because it's awesome. Absolutely. Basketball for you tonight. NCAA tournament action already underway. Texas A&M Corpus Christi and Texas Southern in the first of the first four with 14.57 to play in the first half. It's 11-5. The Islanders of Texas A&M Corpus Christi leading in that one. Following that at 8 o'clock on True TV tonight, a battle for a 12-seed spot. Indiana and Wyoming. Indiana went on a big run in the Big Ten tournament to punch their ticket into the first four. They were solely on the bubble coming into the tournament, and now they punch their way in. Indiana's a four-and-a-half-point favorite in that one. Elsewhere, the NIT tournament gets underway tonight. 6 o'clock on ESPN is Missouri State visiting Oklahoma. At 6 o'clock on ESPN2, Belmont visits Vanderbilt. And at 6 o'clock on ESPNU, Princeton takes on VCU. So a lot of basketball action for you tonight across the different networks that you can find. If you're not into the first four, I don't know why you wouldn't be, but if you're not into the first four, the NIT gets underway tonight. So tune in to that across the ESPN platforms. And that is going to do it for our nightly TV guide and also for today's show. Guys, thank y'all for being here. Thank you for having me. Yeah, no problem, no problem. It's been really fun. It has been. Can't wait to talk to y'all in like 13 seconds when we get off the air here. I know, right? (laughs) I cannot wait to have more conversation. That's right. That's all we We just continue doing what we do all day. It's just for three hours of it, we do it in a microphone. That's right. And you listen to it. And thank you everyone for listening and calling in to our show today for Brant Daughtry. For Javon Cutler, I'm Brooks Childress. We will catch you again tomorrow for a Wednesday edition of Sports Call. We'll see you then.